Hello, everyone, and welcome to House of Fire and Blood, the podcast where we ask, what if George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood were told more like HBO's show House of the Dragon? My name is Gretchen, and I use they-them pronouns, and I am here with my co-host, Caroline. Hello, my name is Caroline, and I use she-her pronouns, and we are continuing our discussion of the long reign of Jaehaerys and Alysan, and, you know, the couple kids they have. Yeah, just a few. Just Just a a few dozen. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally, by the end of the section, they will have a dozen children. Oh my god, is it really up to, oh, you're right, it is up to a dozen. Yep. Holy shit. Alysan continues to have children. Forever. We're we're gonna give you a high level summary, but just like heads up, this section has tons of information in it. So much stuff. So happens. much shit happens. This and is like, like very Wikipedia style. This is this is kind of when it becomes a Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be paying more attention to years precisely because this is more of a Wikipedia style and it kind of bounces around a little bit. So yes. um, this section begins. It is sixty three AC. Um, Last section, we ended with Jaehaerys building roads. In this section, we began with Alysanne having another baby. Yep. Um, baby number seven is Vagon. Mm-hmm. Um, run- little- this, is- this is when we're running out of names. Yeah, this yeah. This is- they're starting to run names. out of names. <laughs> um, they have had the nerd son. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, the-, the passage describes in kind of rapid succession, like, the next three siblings that, like, the next year, so that would be 64 AC, um, Alisanne has Daella. Um, mm-hmm. Three years later, so 67 um, mm-hmm. AC, she has Sarah. And then mm-hmm. four years later in 71 AC, she has Vicera. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah is an interesting name. That doesn't... I don't know where yeah. she got that one from. Yeah. Um, yes. So it, like, describes them. Then it's like, let's go back to 68 AC. So... It skipped five years. Like, there are just five years that, like, the text doesn't really talk about. Um, Between 63, when Vagon is born, and in 68, when uh, Jocelyn Varathian is engaged to Aemon Targaryen. And they are 14 and 13 years old. That's fine. What's wrong with that? Very normal. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just a side note, we will talk about more about this later. But it was very nice of Alysanne to have thought to reserve Alyssa to marry Balon because they hang out with him so much as kids. That's very nice of her. Yeah, they were so just like Jaharis and Alysanne were. Yeah. What's they the just problem? Hung out as kids. That means they should definitely get married in Bone. That's what um, the that's what what kids mean <laughs> when they hang out. That's that's all they want is to hang out. All they want is to get married in Bone. Again, uh, Avatar Last Airbender rules. This is what I don't <laughs> understand. What you're not understanding about this. <laughs> Uh, so then we jump forward two more years, so it's now 70 AC, um, mm-hmm. and Jocelyn and Eamon are getting married at 16 and 15. Again, very normal. This is a very normal yep. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not a bad age for this universe. <laughs> yeah, it's seriously. It's, I mean, it's Ooh. it's more reasonable than when did Jaharis marry Allison when she was 13? Yep. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. He was 15 and she was 13. We're at least a little bit... A little bit older. Well, it's a little bit better. Still basically it's children, so but a little bit older. It is still child marriage. They are literal child brides. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, and Aemon becomes a knight. Yeah. So he he does. He's got a lot of big stuff going on. He gets married. He becomes a knight at seventeen. 
And then he claims the bloodworm Caraxes. So he's the first writer of Caraxes. Mm -hmm. Um, Who we see in House of the Dragon is um, Damon's uh, dragon. dragon. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Balon tries to Mm -hmm. outdo his brother um, and succeeds and becomes a knight at 16 and thereafter claims Vagar. Yeah, the biggest girl. Um, so yeah, the last time anyone had claimed Vagar was Visenya. So he's got, he's got the big lady. She went unridden for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alisande says, oh, I have so many lovely kids and they're all alive and healthy and nothing bad will happen. I should give one to the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Megel goes and joins the faith. Yeah, this is, this is, this is. This is what I was referring to last episode, and I was like, this is, there's only one path for a smart girl in Westeros. Yep, yep. You can't become a maester, but you sure can become a septa. Yep. So she goes and she does that, which is, I mean, it's crazy to me that, like, she's given to the faith at the age of 10. 10 years old. Like, what, and and everyone's like, well, she's really into the seven-pointed star. She reads it all the time. I'm like, when I was 10, I was really into, like, fucking horses. Nobody sent me to, like, be a horse person forever, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. (sighs) Right. I, I was I really also, into Build-A-Bears at that time. I also like, kind of wonder, like, how many other books does she have access to? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she has. I mean, she has a great time. I think she's going to. She'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Um, I think she'll be fine. Um, so we have. So up to this point, um, as we talked about earlier, child number 10 was born in 71 AC. We mm-hmm. now skip to 73 AC. And guess what? Is it a- having another baby. Is it another year, another baby? I think another, another year, year another baby. baby. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This one doesn't go so well, though. Yeah, whoopsie doodle. Uh, this is baby Gaiman, who uh, dies at three months old yeah. after Alison went through a long, hard labor, um, and maybe she should be done having babies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the year Queen Raina dies. I thought it yeah. was 63. I got my, I was 10 years old. Yeah, it was 73. Raina 73. dies the same year as Raina Gaiman. Dies. Um as the, yeah. ba- as the baby yeah. um and i think at this point so in 73 she would be um she was born in 36, 36 or 37 so she's approached like she's alisanne is now approaching the years where fertility declines yeah because like 35 is roughly about like mid 30s is about the time period when Fertility declines for people mm-hmm. who have a uterus and ovaries that like mm-hmm. this is about the time where like you're going to start to see that like you're less likely to get pregnant. You're more like um, developmental issues become more common in like the mm-hmm. late 30s, especially into early 40s. And that mm-hmm. is not just for the partner who gets pregnant, but also for the partner who impregnates like the so, impregnating yes <laughs> yep um sperm quality is also going to be declining in this mm-hmm. time period so um they're going to get less likely to have healthy babies that survive and yet mm-hmm. yet no one thinks about that maybe jahara should get the fuck off of her anyway mm-hmm. um but okay. who does not have any problem with his sperm <laughs> <laughs> is sir lucamore strong whoopsie whoopsie doodle he Sir just Luke, slipped and got married three times and had 16 kids. He just slipped in and out and in and out and in and out, you know, just, it just, <laughs> just happened. <laughs> uh, Moore Strong is one of the King's Guard and uh, like a favorite of Jaehaerys and Alisand. They were like close with him. Mm-hmm. And it's discovered that he has not only has he gotten married and fathered children, which you can't do because you're a King's Guard, 
Uh, he has three wives uh-huh. and 16 children amongst them. Right. Uh, yikes. Yikes. God bless him keeping three separate households. And they ke- he kept them a secret from each other. Like, wow. Like, the amount, like, the, the, the craziness to do that. Like, God bless. Mm-hmm. The amount of energy this dude must have. Dude, like, when they call him Lucamore the Lusty, and I'm like, man, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, if you knew you were like this, why did you become a Kingsguard, bro? Right, right, yes. You know, come on. Like, I am not slut-shaming Lucamore. He can fuck whoever he wants as much but as not, he wants. Not but if he accepts a position where he promises not to. That's yes, that's the thing. Vows. If you make a promise to, like, not get married or have kids, and then you're like, well, but I want to get married and have kids. I'm like, maybe you should not take that vow then. Right, exactly. Just don't. Alas. So they, they punish him and the wives in various ways, and we could talk about uh, talk about that because I think both of us disagree with um, something else in did. Actually, yeah, we got situation. some choices being made that I was like, oh, baby, I think you missed it. Yep. Meanwhile, Vagon is weird. <laughs> uh- <laughs> what a weird dude. He doesn't want to marry his sister. <laughs> what a weird guy. <laughs> I thought of it like that. <laughs> fucking weirdo not wanting to bang his sister what the fuck's wrong with him yeah i mean that's part of what i find so amusing is like that like jaharis and alisand are like aghast that vagon doesn't want to bang his sister and i'm like this should not be your standard kids like it should be very Um, normal for him not to want to bang his sister actually well he's got a lot of issues right because he's like not interested in, in girls at all no. And he doesn't like uh, fighting either. He doesn't like fighting. And they they try to force him into liking fighting. Like Balon tries to train him. Uh-huh. But um uh then one day like Alyssa comes out in like mail uh-huh. and beats the shit out of him and embarrasses him. And Vagon's yep. like, fuck this, I'm not doing this anymore. And he like yeah. leaves and goes to play Minecraft. Like he's and he never comes back to it. Yeah. So. Which is like a super normal reaction when you're when your siblings when like your beat siblings the shit out of you. Bullying you so bad. It's like, dude, what the and fuck? And it's like parentally sanctioned bullying. Yeah. Oh my god. I feel so yeah. bad for Vagon. Truly. I really do. Like he's, he's just, just a he... nerd who, he's a big nerd who wants to read his books and the right. rest of his family is like, How dare you? Yes, exactly. Um This is the section also where he gets sent he gets sent away, right? Eventually, yeah, yeah. Uh, but before uh, he gets sent away, uh, Lady Jocelyn has a grand, has a baby. So we've got the yay! first grandbaby, and we love her because it's Rainy. Rainy's our first House of the Dragon character to appear on page in our little podcast. Twenty-seven episodes in, we uh, finally Corliss. got one. We got Corlys oh. a couple episodes ago, okay, but the first, first Targaryen, our first Targaryen. Let's see we go. Yes. Um, yes, is Queen Rainey's queen, the queen to be. The queen to be, as Allison calls her. And Oops. we mentioned this last episode, but she is born with purple eyes because Targaryen, and black hair because mm-hmm. uh, Baratheon. And right. we love to see that. But apparently, be... the silver and gold gives way to the coal as as well. It happens yeah, so... when you're a Targ as well as when you're a. Lannister. I don't know. <laughs> Put it blah, square. Blah, blah. What are genetics? If they were Sims, they would have the chance to have blonde-haired children because Jocelyn has the recessive gene for blonde yes. hair. But this one came out with black hair, which is fine. Yeah, that's um, fine. So that's our girl Alyssa. 
Oh, sorry. Not Alyssa. Rainies. Rainies. My Rainies. bad. Sorry, sorry. Everybody's got Y's in their names. Like I At least Jocelyn is 20 years old. I've done the math. She's 20 years old when she has that baby. She just, okay. So she might have gotten married at 16, but she didn't have a baby till 20. And I'm like, good huh. for you. Good I for wonder, you. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I wonder if, like, she, if she birth controlled herself mm-hmm. until then. Or maybe they weren't fucking. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. That could also be. Right. They or were, they just you know. decided that, like, they she, she didn't want to get pregnant at that age because it's kind of dangerous to get yeah. pregnant as a teenager. Yeah, exactly. That's what I like to believe was that, like, this was a decision that they made to, like, not. Together, yeah. 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 Or maybe yeah. even Alice Ann and sat down with Jocelyn and was like, you probably don't want a baby when you're a teenager. I'll help you out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell Jaharis. Uh, that would be, yeah. I see if this was written for the screen, I would like that kind of adaptation. Yep. Um, all right, and then uh, in 75 AC, Alyssa and Balin get married. Yeah. Don't don't talk about their age difference. I I can't. Ugh. So this is not only incest, but he's 18 and Alyssa's 15. Mm-hmm. But but Gretchen, it's okay because she loves having sex with him. Yeah, I mean she does. She does. Alyssa is the most sex positive character we've seen so far, and I love mm-hmm. that for her. I think it's great. Yeah. It, You're it, also it, 15, and it's your it, brother. <laughs> right. It also is like kind of, it's that same issue I have with Allison, where it's like, how much was she groomed for this? Yes. You know? Uh, right. Well, when you see, this is the section where we see the way that, the way that Jaharis talks to Vagon is like, yeah, Dela is your, will one day be your Allison. And I'm like, well, no wonder Alyssa likes fucking her brother, because like, mm-hmm. Parents are actively telling them, like, you're going to marry him and you're going to fuck him and it's going to be great. I fuck my brother and it's fine. And we love it. I have lots of babies and it's fun. Mm -hmm. You should also really want to have sex with your brother. Yeah. Ugh. The sentences George R. R. Martin makes me say with my mouth. It's just unfair. He should do at least a little time in jail. Right. Um, Like, I want women to be sex positive in this society. I think mm -hmm. I I want that for them. I don't know if I want it in the context of a 15-year-old fucking her brother. Oh, man. Really uncomfortable. Well, but Alyssa also claims <clears throat> Melly's. Yeah. Uh, our second Melly's. House of the Dragon, like, you know, yeah, House of the Dragon that, dragon to appear. That ends up being Rhaenys' dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the re- who is, Melly's is called the Red Queen. Yes. Both Caraxes and Melly's are red, but Caraxes is the Red Warren. And Weirm. Is the, the Red, red Weirm. 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 <laughs> and she's the Red Queen. Yep. Um, and then Jaharis yep. says, Vagon's too fucking weird. Let's send him to Old Town to be an Archmaester. Yep. Yeah. He's finally like, maybe Vagon should have a different career path. <laughs> um, they went to the career counselor and said, what do we do with this one? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like fighting and he doesn't seem to like girls. So do you think that he could be a lifetime nerd? How old is he when they sent him? Oh, gosh. What year do they send him? So it's probably in mm-hmm. 75, right? I imagine. Right. It's, it's right in that born, section. He's born in 63. So he's like 12 or 13. Like, Jesus Christ, let the boy grow up. They're like, oh, my God, he's not interested in girls when he's 12 or 13. He Something's defective. Sent him to fucking be an archmaster. Like, yep. The other thing about Vagon, though, which I, I like his characterization, is that he's just kind of a pain in the ass. Yep. And he's like, he's like, brings everyone down. He's like, uh-huh. a, like a Debbie Downer. Yeah. And I've known kids like that. 
So it's like very realistic, like a really realistic like uh, yep. characterization of like what some kids are just like annoying. And yeah. I imagine that the parents are just like, okay, we're done with this one. He's fucking, I, I can't deal with him anymore. Right. He's mean to his sister. He doesn't like any of the things that men should like. Um, mm-hmm. He likes books. Um, is there a place where all of those things would be fine? Citadel. Hmm. <laughs> we can talk about Vagon too later as a potentially a queer character. Yeah. Um, so that put a pin in that as well. Yes. Um, and then Alyssa, um, at 17 years old in the year 77 AC, also has a baby. <sighs> she did not wait. And who um, is it? Who is it? It's our it's our good boy Viserys. It's Patty Constantine. It's Patty Constantine. <laughs> baby Viserys sweep. Yeah, you have baby Viserys sweep. <laughs> Shout out to our, our friends over at Pigot. Pigot, we love, love Post Game of Thrones. If you guys don't listen to Post Game of Thrones, the podcast, you should. It's very You're good. Like it. It's very good. Um, they say they say Patty sweep and, and I giggle. Um, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Viserys is born. And you know who he's... also giggled? Apparently, Viserys giggled when he when he took a ride on a dragon when Alyssa took him up at nine days old. Yes, I love that for Alyssa. I love she's... that for her too. She put him in a swaddle, and they're like, "Please don't!" And she said, "Fuck you!" And she took him flying. I'm gonna take my baby on a dragon. Fuck you. <laughs> um, you know who else gets pregnant? Oh Jesus! In seventy seven AC. Yep. Alison Targaryen! Our good Queen Alison. And she has baby number 12. Valer- Valerian is the name yes, of this kid? Yes, Valerian. Just fucking running out of names. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm lo- uh, like, I read it, I was like, Valerian, like, oh, I spelled it wrong. It's There's an O, it's I-O-N. But it, part of me was like, like, the herb that helps me sleep? <laughs> this also just looks like a dragon name. Which is, yeah. It's fucking... Yeah, it, it's Balerion with a V. With a V. <laughs> Just name him like Jamie or something. Come on, like, give, give him like a regular one. Give me, give me one like regular thing. You have Sarah. Got Sarah. Yeah, we got Sarah. We just need well, a regular Sarah's boy spe- name. Sarah's spelled fancy. There's an extra e in that name, so you know yeah, it's Targaryen. Sarah. Sarah. God. Um, so uh, yeah. Unfor- uh, so the the labor for this baby like really takes Alison out for a while, and then the baby himself dies just before he turns a year old. Yeah, Alison is confined to her bed for six months after having this baby. Yeah, that's and rough. Y- and you know what Jaharis does in response? He says, "What if we had more?" <laughs> he said, "What if the gods aren't done with us yet?" Yeah. He, and he, you know what oh he my god, he's a, qu- he's a quiverful. Jaharis is a quiverful. Do oh you know god. about the quiverful movement? I do know about the quiverfuls. Do you want to describe okay, it for our so listeners? Okay, so for people who are not aware That's of the what the 19 movement. kids and counting people are. They're yes, quiverful. the quiverful yeah. movement is this deeply fundamentalist Christian belief that, like, birth control is bad and wrong, and you should have as many kids as you can. The purpose being explicitly when it was founded as a movement though i don't know that they talk about it this way but this was explicitly about having as many kids so that you can like outpopulate the pagans mm-hmm. like outpopulate mm-hmm. the heathens this was like christians should have a lot of babies to fill the earth with yeah. to fill the earth with and have more babies than the heathen non-christians and then mm-hmm. we will win it's like white supremacy but for christians yeah mm-hmm. that so the the, and the quiverful is like a reference to a to a, like a biblical reference that that says you know like 
children are like the arrows in the quiver of a powerful warrior man whatever like but the idea yeah. is like you should have a quiver full of children like having a quiver full of arrows when you go right. hunting exactly there's that the documentary about um the duggars that came out recently uh talks about that if i'm recalling my documentaries correctly mm-hmm. and about like the 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 like multi-generational plan of like have like pushing this and like and then getting those kids to do the same thing and like getting them yep. into like positions of power and stuff yep um yep. yeah fucking scary really, <laughs> but jaharis is is like is like you know we should have as many kids as the gods want us to have which is you know i will just beg my wife as much as as i can mm-hmm. and not use birth control or any kind of method that prevents pregnancy because we should just if if she gets pregnant, the gods wanted it to happen because mm-hmm. that's how getting pregnant works. The what he cites to when Allison's <gasps> like, listen, Allison's like, listen, I'm over forty now. Like we might be, we might just be done at this point because like I like I'm I'm older. And Jaharis is like, oh, but our mother had Jocelyn when she was forty six. Look how that turned out, Jaharis. She died, Jaharis. She died. She died giving birth. Like, do you even realize what you're saying? Do you hear yourself right now? No, no. And I think, I think when it comes to like, we'll see rifts with Allison and Jaharis later. And I think these kind of conversations are probably the kind of things that that got to her Mm -hmm. because she would recognize that and be like, "Yes." And our mother died in that process. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. And but like he didn't even think of that. He just says it, right? And even this whole section where you have a daughter who's like a young teenager or like early twenties having a baby, and the mom is pregnant at the same time. That happened with Alison and Alyssa. They yeah. were pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it did. I believe that that was when that was with Boris. That was not with Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Alyssa's first baby with Rogar. But yeah, she wasn't pregnant at the time. She was. Just- Alisanne was not pregnant at the time that Alyssa was pregnant with Jocelyn. Yeah. So this yeah. was when um, Alisanne, I believe, was this Daenerys or was this the miscarriage? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since we've had that section. But they were both pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. And like jo- and Alyssa had Boris. And that was also a difficult pregnancy with a difficult labor. And mm-hmm. she should have stopped having kids after Boris. Yeah. And here you have yet again where like – a mother and daughter are pregnant at the same time and it go like and it's still pretty dangerous for the teenager to be having a baby too mm-hmm. like 17 is like better than 15 but like you probably shouldn't be having a baby at 17 right exactly still, still not dangerous yeah it's still dangerous and alisanne is like late 30s almost like she's 40 at this point this is also mm-hmm. a dangerous time to be having babies and everyone's mm-hmm. like both of these are fine just have more mm-hmm. ah it's it's crazy because i like i think about like if i had a wife and there was like first of all if i had a wife and she wanted to have children in the first place like there's already risk with like regular run-of-the-mill normal pregnancy normal childbirth Mm -hmm. but if she was high risk in some fashion i would be like please don't like right like i don't i don't want to be without you my wife whom i married to and i love Mm -hmm. um and i certainly don't want you to die producing a child and then that child be orphaned you know like and not have a parent like that. I mean, these are like things like you have to yeah. think about when you go, you know. And luckily, in modern Western society, we have some degree of control over uh, pregnancy, depending on what state you live in. Um, so you can plan this kind of stuff. I guess the, the hard part here is like, Alison didn't have a lot of control 
Mm-hmm. Though maybe we can talk about that. Maybe maybe she's also quiverful, you know? Because certainly she knew about Moon Tea. Yep. Yep. She's a smarty pants. Yeah. If, if nothing else, she is accepting her husband's decision about having more kids. Mm. When Interesting. That's an interesting characterization for her that I, I don't know. It doesn't totally jive for me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. We could talk about that more in analysis. Okay, so what was the maester thinking? That's it. We end we end with Jaharis telling his forty year old wife that it's it's totally fine it's gonna for be her fine. to keep getting pregnant. It's fine, don't worry um, about it. Um the maester was thinking incest is great and kids getting married is fine. Oh, look at these sexy, sexy kids. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Man, teenage incest is like super cool. We love it. Yeah, it's great. Isn't it funny how much the 15-year-old girl wants to have sex with her brother? Yeah. LOL, LOL. Uh, oh, 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 she's so loud. She has such loud, she makes such loud sex noises. Ha ha. Yeah. Ha ha, so funny. Um, ah. Alisanne can have more kids. It's, it's great. Yep, yep. She's not doing anything else important. She can just be a baby-making machine. It's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm um and this is the really interesting thing about this section is the the it's it's point of view bias about like what a man is supposed to be yeah and like being martial and stuff like that and i I like your note too about um this is not jaharis's fault Mm -hmm. you know a lot of things are going to happen with jaharis's kids mostly because he has a fuck ton of them so shit's going to go down with these children some of them are going to fall right in line into your like regular martial stuff you got your aemons you got your balons you got your Alyssas. Where they're going to fall into the roles they're supposed to, they're quote unquote supposed to be in for mm-hmm. the patriarchy. And then you're going to have a lot that don't. And the text so far has not blamed either parent. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see how and if it blames either parent going forward. I'm going to posit that it does not blame Jaharis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was why my note says the problem is the children, not Jaharis. Yeah. He's our bestest boy king. How sad that some of his kids suck. He gave Aegon a sword. What what else was he supposed to do? You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, like, Sarah's just, you know, demanding and and needs things. Is. And Vicera is just vain. And how oh, I love that. That's There's a line. Have, you know, it just sucks for Jaehaerys that some of his kids are kind of shitty. Vicera's the one that's, like, really beautiful, right? She's, yeah. like, gorgeous. So she's like really beautiful. And there's like a little anecdote about how one time a squire told her she was a goddess. And she said, I know. And I love that. Look how vain. How vain. (gasps) How vain. If that was a man and it was some, you know, serving girl who said, oh, he's, you're so handsome. It would be like, you know, all the serving girls thought he was so handsome and they swooned over him. But for her, it's like, it's like, oh, she's just fucking obsessed with herself, whatever, whatever. It's like, Yeah. yeah, she's obsessed with herself. She's a Targaryen princess. And she's the prettiest of them. She's the most Targaryen-looking of all the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure everything will go really well for her. Um, Yeah, everything's going to be super-duper fine. Um, Also, patriarchy doesn't know what to do with non-martial men. And we're going to get a lot about that with Vagon. Is like, neither... Like, the maester's kind of shitty about the way he describes Vagon, too. Which is kind of shitty, because, like, if you're a maester, you're also not a martial man. You'd think he'd be a little bit more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. you know yeah um 
so yeah, what uh, what really happened? Let's 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 dig um, into all. Of, oh my gosh, all so many things happened. There's so many little things. Okay, so you have actually notes here about the tourney of Duskendale. I hadn't thought about this. Okay, so there's uh, a line about the tourney of Duskendale. So this is the tourney where Aemon wins his spurs and becomes a knight. Right. Um, so it says in 72 AC, a tourney was held at Duskendale in honor of young Lord Darkland's wedding to a daughter of Theomor Manorly. Blah blah blah. Both of the young princes attended, comma, together with their sister, comma, and competed in the squire's melee. I was like, the way that is formulated, I choose to believe that Alyssa also competed in the melee. Oh, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I think that she would at very least fucking want to. I could definitely see her being like a mystery something or other. And like, if she just wasn't very good, if she, if she didn't win, no one would notice. Right. Yeah. You know? If she was just some, some mystery knight. Yeah. She was just like a knight in the melee. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I could totally see that. Oh, I love that reading of it. Yeah. I was like, I, I, yeah. the way that this is written, I choose to believe that Alyssa also competed. Didn't just go, but also competed. This is not on page, but if I were adapting it, I would create a relationship between Alyssa and John Cole Dark. Oh, yes. Because John Cole Dark's around all the time. She's yeah. like available to Alyssa. So I would create a relationship between them. And yeah, almost like John- a protege yeah. mentor type relationship. Yeah. 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 I think I that would that. be really interesting to do. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's talk about the four younger Targaryens. It's fucking George R. R. Martin's just like fucking names, facts, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about Vagon. Um, There's so much to talk about with Vagon, though. He's like this quiet, mm-hmm. kind of depicted as like an emotionally expressive nerd, almost like neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering, if there was like, because some of the later children, uh, there's very strong implications in the text that there's, like, diagnoses going on mm-hmm. of various kinds. Yep. And we'll get to those. Um, I think Dale, Dale is one of them, actually. Um, yeah, she's, like, described as, like, simple. Yeah. She's, like, and sweet like, and simple. Yeah. So with Vagon, I was definitely thinking of him in terms of, like, a queer thing, too. Like, is he ace? Is he ace? Oh, yeah. I have that. No, this is Vagon. Yeah. ace changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could easily adapt him to Scream as ace. Yeah. I, and it's, like, I, he at least, at minimum, he currently seems to have no interest in women. That said, he is very young. Right. You know, when you're 12, 13, you're, that doesn't mean you've hit puberty. That doesn't mean that you are interested in sex. I, I I kind of hope you're not, because you're 12 or 13. You should be playing mm-hmm. Minecraft with your friends. Like, please stop sexualizing the children. Yep. Um, but, you know, he goes and becomes an archmaster. Um, so, I mean, I could I can definitely see, like, a lot of those kind of conclaves, like, archmaestership, maestership, septahood, um, septinhood, I don't know how we describe it, the silent sisters, those kind of groups where even the Kingsguard, the Night's Watch, where uh-huh. there's a promise to not marry uh-huh. and a promise to not have kids kind of feels like it would draw people who fall into the queer umbrella because yep. either the family recognizes it and they're like, send, send them away, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, he's a maester. That's why he's not married to any women, you know? Yeah. Um, or it would just draw people that are queer and feel like right. that's a way to escape those pressures they don't want to mm-hmm. give into. Mm-hmm. And maybe have access to other queer people. Right. 
Because you know people with a Night's Watch are fucking. Come on. Yeah, and you know it's those happening. septas are. You know those septas are fucking each other. They gotta be. The silent sisters gotta be. They, yeah. they ain't. They ain't always silent. Those sisters. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they took about like vow of silence. Maybe just means you don't talk. Doesn't mean you can't make mm. noises. It's fine. Um, but yeah, like part of what. To me, I like about reading Vagon as potentially ace is that like the Grand Maester gives him an erotic book. I lo- like yeah, I, I he mean, gives him pornography. He gives him porn and is like, here, do you want to? You know, yeah. Maybe this will. Uh, it says kindle Vagon's interest in the charms of women. Um, I also like that it's described as um, it's got pictures of naked maidens comporting with men and beasts and one another. So this is uh. You know, you've got furries and lesbians. Yeah, it's very inclusive. It's very inclusive porn. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, the prince kept the book but showed no change in behavior. Sure didn't make him horny. Uh, At least not visibly. Um, yeah. Um, so, like, he's really interesting. He's, like, also kind of a shithead, though. Like he's That's not. What I, he's I also like, like kind of a nice. He's like kind of a mean kid. Yeah, I I like that as a as a, a characterization though because the kids are like that. There are kids that are like just assholes and they're just annoying. Yep. And you're like Jesus Christ, could you stop? Right. Like, and also you, he's like, like ten. Out? Like yeah, but there are ten year olds who are like cool and chill and fun to hang around with, and then there are ten year olds who are pain in the ass. But that's what you I know? mean. Like he's still ten years old. Like I, if a ten year old is like. I don't want to marry my sister. She's stupid. It'd be like, yeah, a thing a 10 year old would say. Yep. Very much a thing a 10 year old would say. Um, yeah. I mean, also you shouldn't want to marry your sister. So points for you, Vagon. You figured mm-hmm. it out that you shouldn't want to. Maybe not because you think your sister's dumb because she doesn't know how to read a book, but like, mm-hmm. and you could yeah. be nicer about it, but also you're a 10 year old kid. I love how he's like, I don't want to marry my sister. And Jaharis is like, oh, what? How, oh, something's wrong. How could you not want to marry your sister? <laughs> Jaharis' first signal that something is wrong is that is that Vagon doesn't want to marry his sister. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> Fix him. It, he's broken. When I was that age, I wanted to beg my sister right away. She was seven. <laughs> Balon and Alyssa were doing just fine. What happened with this one? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, um yeah so oh, the final can... thing i want to say about vagon is uh mm-hmm. i really like when elisar um like jaharis is finally like okay this fucking nerd he doesn't want to fight um i convinced two of his siblings to bully him um still didn't work <laughs> didn't work um he was bullied for a year and then his sister stepped in to just you know peak shaming in this society is being mm-hmm. beaten martially by a woman. Yep. Um, and like Jaharis is totally cool with it, super endorsed it, was like, Yeah, this is great. We should shame him into being, you know, like he was given porn, didn't make him horny. He's finally like Hey, LSR, do you think he could be a maester? Maybe? Mm-hmm. We've tried all we've tried to bully him into being more of what we consider manly, but he doesn't it's not working. Mm-hmm. And LSR says, fuck, absolutely not. Yeah, he was like, no. <laughs> Maesters do shit. <laughs> That's basically what he says. He's basically like, Maesters teach things and like... 
deliver babies and like take care and, of like, animals in- and <laughs> interact with people and like do shit. Can you imagine him doing that? And Jaharis and Allison are like, "Oh no, we can't. You're right. Fuck." So and he goes, like, oh. but I do think he could be an archmaster. <laughs> he can go read books and do nothing else. Yeah, mayhaps he will find himself in the library. That or he'll get so lost among the books that you'll never need concern yourselves with him again. Yep. And it's just like such Hello, a sorry. burn. Like it's a burn both on Vagon, but like mostly about archmaesters and how useless they are. Mm-hmm. It's like maesters, we do things. Um yep. we like help people and we have to teach kids and we have to like have practical knowledge to like interact with our world and like but you know, we do have like an order of just like eggheads who read books all the time. Mm, yep. Um, do. And I think you could make Vagon one of those. He doesn't seem to like people much, but he does like books. Um, and I continue to love LSR. I was going to say, I love LSR. I love the sass. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. Now, t- speaking of Vagon, we can kind of talk about him and Dayello, who's the next kid in this pack of four. Mm-hmm. Because he, you were just mentioning before, he doesn't want to marry his sister. Um and the reason he gives is that she's dumb. Yep. And uh, this is very mean of him because it does seem that some, something's going on with Dayella. There's some mm-hmm. kind of delay. Uh, she she seems she's a very nice kid. She's like quiet and um, other really like, shy, but like really kind of anxious, like scared yeah. of a lot of things. Yeah. And she was it. She can't read, or she learns how to read really late, or something like that. Or, yeah. And she speaks late too. Uh huh. Um, so I think this is an example. I think what the text wants this to be an example of is the incest is bad concept. Mm-hmm. Cause like you have two full blood siblings having children. It's not possible that all their kids are going to be gen- all genetically fine. Yeah. There's going to be some that are genetically not fine because of that incest. Yeah. It says she didn't speak her first word until she was almost two. And even thereafter she was tongue tied more often than not. Um, I believe it describes her that she, like, she can read, but, like, haltingly, um, like, that she's just, she, yeah, she seems kind of slow. Yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, she's shy, like, she's terrified of Alyssa. (laughs) Same. Um... (laughs) You know, being so martial and like, yeah, like, and we'll find more, find out more about Dayla that makes it clearer that there's something not, that like, she's, yeah, she's delayed, she's at the very least delayed in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, we never quite have enough on page to like pin an actual diagnosis. Like, I'm sure in the modern world, they there would be like, oh, like various kind of tests you could do and figure out the diagnosis right. and figure out accommodations and things like that. I mean, the, the the really unfortunate part about Westeros is that whenever anyone does have, like, any kind of de- developmental delay mm-hmm. or any other kind of diagnosis, like, mentally, there's, like, no care available. No. It's just, like, that's just the slow sibling. Yeah. And, and everyone kind of shrugs their shoulders. And it's, like, really unfair because you can, you know, provide accommodations and things like that in the modern world. But, I mean, Dayella's kind of in the best spot because she's still a Targaryen princess. So Right, yeah, and, like, what Vagon says, he's like, I hope she finds a husband who wants stupid children, because that's all she's gonna have. Yeah. And, like, 
It's really mean. Also kind of reminds me of Joff. Doesn't Joff say something like that to Sansa at some point? Hmm. Um, about how, like, she's, you know, really stupid and she's going to have stupid kids and he doesn't want to have stupid kids. I think it's after the, the engagement is broken off. Yeah. And I he's kind of right. like, good thing I didn't that. marry you because you're stupid and all your kids are going to be stupid. Good thing I'm going to marry yeah. Marjorie because she's not stupid. Yeah. Um, and we know that, like, Sansa's not stupid. Right. She's not actually stupid. Um, no, she's, like, a, actually kind of a political genius. Right. Right. Yeah. She Like, yeah, that she just is a very internal character mm-hmm. and doesn't say a lot out loud. Um, yeah. And it's, we don't ever get anything from Dela's point of view, so we don't know if she's similar. But, like, the mm-hmm. way that she's described in the text is, like, at the very least, like, she's got some pretty major anxiety disorder. Some pretty mm-hmm. major anxieties. Like, she's, like does seem to have a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. um, about a lot of things and does seem at the very least to be developmentally delayed. Whether that means she's yes. mentally slow or mentally delayed, she's developmentally delayed. She didn't talk for a while. She mm-hmm. struggles with reading. Like, those are develop- what we would call developmental miles- milestones that she was not right. hitting. Exactly. And again, this is one of those things where it's like, if you have a kid that's like that nowadays – you can get services and you can, you know, deal with that. And it's perfect. Like, it's perfectly fine. I mean, my, my brother um, has ADHD and autism and he didn't, Christopher didn't read, like read, read until he was in middle school. Like he had like very severely was delayed in terms of reading. It was actually video games that got him to read the most because yeah. <laughs> he wanted to play and he had to be able to read him to play the games. Uh-huh. Um, but so it's like those, those things are available. At, it's always hard when you, when you, read these sort of stories and you see like where there could be things mm-hmm. that could be provided and, and they just i mean within the confine we can't expect the westerosi to know that right you know right they don't have they don't have these things right um but that's where we leave diella for now then we have her name is fucking sarah yep i, I don't care how you spell it <laughs> her name is sarah yep <laughs> um she's a trial from the very start tempestuous uh. demanding disobedient the first word she spoke was no and said it often and loudly. I'm reading this and going, I, most of the toddlers I know. They say no and they say no it often and like loudly. No is like one of the first yep. words that kids learn because it's easy to say. Yep. And also their parents say it a lot. And it's a good concept for them to learn because they can tell you if they don't want something. Yes. You know, like my niece, I think one of her, I don't know what her actual first word was, but one of her... Uh, first words was no uh-huh. and she but she understood the concept of no really early yep and that way like if you tried to feed her something and she doesn't want it she could say no if you try to give her like if you know if she's too hot and she doesn't want a jacket on she'll start taking it off and she'll say like no and like that she can communicate it's a very important thing to be able to communicate right no to right. the adults around you yeah right i'm like oh you're telling me that this is a child who had a strong sense of independence and was willing to voice her sense of self and independence and what she wanted and didn't want. I think one of the things too with the kids is to, particularly with the female children, is like, what's the right thing for them to be? Because yeah. Daenerys was too edgy. Uh-huh. Alyssa, Alyssa's too much like a boy. Uh-huh. Uh, Daella's too quiet. Sarah's too much, like, too outgoing. Mm-hmm. The other one's too vain. I mean, like, what is the right, what, how, how? Caroline, it's almost like there's a point. Oh my god! It's almost like if you take all this together, there's no right way for a woman to be a woman under patriarchy. You're so maybe it's a theme. Oh, is it a theme? Oh god! (laughs) 
I've been I've been struck down by a theme. Oh, because you're right. <laughs> and there is a problem. With, there is a quote unquote problem with like every single one of Jaharis's daughters. Like Eamon mm-hmm. and Balon, super fine. They they punch each other and they swing swords good and they're great. Uh, Vagon, mm-hmm. too much of a nerd. Like yep. it, th- that's like and, the well, one Alyssa, bad way for a guy to be in this. Alyssa slides by by mm-hmm. being Balon's wife. Yep. Like if Alyssa had refused, right? If Alyssa had said, "I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids." Yep. That she would be the big problem child. Yep. Right. Yep. But she did her thing that she did the duty they assigned her, right? So, like, she slides by that criticism by doing that. But yeah, the rest of them, it's like. Yeah. Daella is too, too shy and quiet and anxious. Mm -hmm. Sarah is too independent. She -hmm. has her own opinions and voices them vocally and loudly and refuses to let people treat her any way they want. And Mm -hmm. Vicera is is beautiful and she knows it and therefore must be punished by patriarchy for knowing mm-hmm. that she's beautiful. This reminds me of the speech in the Barbie movie. Have you seen the Barbie movie? No, but I know what speech you're talking about. <gasps> you haven't seen it? No. Oh, you should. It's worth a watch. I, I have thought. I have complicated feelings about Barbie from about the from like about Barbie as a toy and concept from my childhood. So like I Okay, so, that's fair. That's totally yeah. fair. I think I will I, eventually see it. I just like need it. Like I was just like my immediate reaction is like I have a lot of personal baggage about Barbies that like make it hard for me to just like unabashedly enjoy a uh, yeah, movie about about Barbie dolls. Yeah, yeah, um, that's totally fair. Which is my, great my, if other people love it, but like, yeah. Anyway, my mother's a doll collector, so uh, I know too much about Barbie. Uh, so all the little jokes in the movie, I went to see it with my mom and dad, and my mom was dying because she got every single yeah. reference. Oh, that's great! And I got most of the references because I because I, I you know know about her collection and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, there's a speech um, that what's the name of the actor? America, America Ferrera, Ferrera. Yeah. Um, does a great job, and it's but it's that is that that's the exact point. Like you're too quiet, you're too loud, you're too this, you're too that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's actually that's actually the theme of a lot of Taylor Swift songs. Um, not to make everything <laughs> about Taylor Swift. But <laughs> uh, she has she has a lot of songs where she talks about the fact that it's like it's impossible to please because you're there's always going to be critique no matter what you're doing, which is exhausting. But also at a certain point, if you accept that there's always going to be critique, it can be kind of freeing to be like, OK, I'm not then I'm not abiding by any of these this feedback because I don't need to because there's no point. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I read a lot of these younger kids, like by the time you get to Sarah and it says like, she demanded a lot of attention. I'm like, she's got how many older siblings? Exactly. She probably never saw her parents. Yes. Like, like very normal for like a small child for like a, you know, the eighth born or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember. Sarah is, she might be number nine. Um, she's number nine. So like Sarah mm-hmm. is the ninth living child in this family. It, like, does not surprise me. Like, a part of me is, like, you only had one of these younger siblings who was, like, really demanding of attention. Like, that's kind of impressive because Mm -hmm. a lot of younger siblings end up acting out in various ways to get attention because their parents are so busy and occupied that, like, to get attention, you kind of have to be loud. Like, Mm -hmm. that is often why a lot of younger siblings are, like, comedians or, you Mm -hmm. know, like... It's not because younger siblings are inherently funny. Like, Mm -hmm. as the youngest of three, I'm not, Mm -hmm. like, inherently funny. It was just, like, 
you learn that you only get attention if you behave certain ways. And sometimes, very often, that can mean being silly and funny. So Mm -hmm. you get a lot of younger siblings who are comedians. But you can also get a lot of younger siblings who are rebellious and act out. Because that is also the only way that they can get attention is if they do something that makes their parents go, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, or you get a, a younger like I'm a younger sibling you get a younger sibling who's a fucking perfectionist mm-hmm. because that's where you got the praise from yeah right like I'm very aware that I've got a praise fucking kink in my life because it's like I learned as a kid mm-hmm. that you know if I did good at the school stuff and whatever else that that was what I got praised for right and yeah I spent a lot of time growing up being really compliant which is very funny because um I'm on the spectrum and have a very and I do often have very strong PDA um mm-hmm. uh Pathological demand avoidance, for those of mm. you who are not familiar with what PDA means. Ooh, what, is um, that? what does that mean? Uh, it's an avoidance of doing things because you're asked to. That like as soon as that like asking someone mm. to do a thing makes you want to go, nah, no. Um and oh, I, see, had I, just, that. I describe myself as a contrarian because I do that sometimes. It, but it depends on the circumstance for me. So. Yeah. Um yeah. but like for for people on the spectrum, that is that is the term that is used is called PDA, mm-hmm. pathological demand avoidance. There are other terms mm-hmm. that, that are more common in the community because pathological demand avoidance does not sound nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, like, I I was really compliant as a child. I kind of internalized a lot of that, like, demand avoidance by, like, most of the time, like, making myself absent so that I wasn't often asked to do things. That was the way mm-hmm. I handled it. But when I was, I was really compliant because my oldest sister, who had ADHD got in trouble a lot for like forgetting to do things mm-hmm. and like as a youngest sibling i was like i will just never get in trouble so i yep. will by and i will never get in trouble by doing everything that i am told to do mm-hmm. um and doing it perfectly and on time and i'll just never get in trouble so yeah yes you can like mm-hmm. anyway that's, what, I, that's how i was yeah when i look at these younger siblings and the text is like oh the problem kids and i'm like oh the younger the younger kids right (laughs) that's it's so weird that your firstborn son who's going to inherit the fucking kingdom is like your best kid that's so weird how weird how did that happen (laughs) right right and his younger and his immediate next sibling is a younger brother that just like like gently competes with him it's just kind of like anything you can do i can do a little bit better but we're still bros Right, exactly. Well, they got they did get just very lucky that Eamon and Balin turned out to be friends. Yes, because they could have they could have easily not had similar personalities and mm-hmm. been enemies. You know, a la Viserys and Damon. You know? Yeah, they the whole second son syndrome thing could could have been a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, they're lucky that it wasn't. Yeah, and that was just chance. That was just chance. Yep. By their, but what the personalities seem to be based on what we have available in the text. Mm-hmm. And Balon, we don't really know much about him except that he tries to do everything a little bit better than Aemon. Um, mm-hmm. But like Balon also seems pretty content fucking his very yeah. sex positive wife. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I, I, good I, for them. I interpret Balon's like one-upsmanship of Aemon to be less about like true competition mm-hmm. and more like a like a bros kind of like fuck you kind of thing but yeah. like in a, in a very jovial playful yes. kind of way uh-huh. yeah like like oh you oh you were 17 when you were knighted well, i'm gonna have 60 when i was like oh you have karaxi i have vagar like right. fuck you bro like right. they're in the group chat sending each other fucking memes all the time you know yes. like that that's what i imagine for the two yeah ones. and then Alyssa just slides in and is like my dragon's faster than both of yours and i got it when i was 15 boom bye, uh, bye. 
um yeah that like those three that like the three oldest tar targaryen kids are like kind of their own little clique they're their yes. own little like they hang out together and they're all really cool three together heads and then, has the dragon you know right oh, it's ju it's just you know maybe Alyssa should have had two husbands that's gross she could have married both her brothers why why, why not <laughs> What's the um, problem? I don't see any issue with marrying both of your brothers when you're 15. Ah. Yeah, but why, it's just, it's real, the way that the text phrases these younger kids, it has this whole section that's really interesting um, about how, like, um, this is going to be kind of the beginning, like, this will be what causes problems between Jaehaerys and Alysanne. Mm -hmm. um, that, like... The struggle would torment her for years of, like, finding, like, marrying off her younger kids. Like, mm -hmm. so the book phrases it as, well, the problem is that Alysanne had trouble marrying off her younger children. Mm -hmm. And I I love how much that is burying the lead. Yeah. Because we will, get to the, <laughs> we will get to what actually happened and you're like, okay, like, the problem isn't she's having trouble marrying her kids no. off. The problem is that these kids have their own opinions about what they want their lives to be and Jaehaerys isn't into it. But I don't understand, why do they care? They have the heir, they have the spare. They're, the first, they have two solid, like, children. I mean, I guess, may, may perhaps I'm wrong, because the Dance of the Dragons happened, so, so perhaps they should have been concerned about the succession. But at this point in time, they have a very solid succession, because they have two couples from the two oldest sons, mm -hmm. both of whom are beginning to produce children. Yep. So they have heirs. Yeah. They don't need the rest of those kids. The rest of those kids can really fuck off if they wanted like why are they so, they're like so rigidly into like you must get married and you must like we yeah. must find a thing for you to do by the time you're like 15 otherwise it's too fucking late you know yeah like I, it that that confuses me yeah it's a very myopic kind of view you know what i mean yes and i i if i were adopting this i like the idea that like because there's a gap i think between the three oldest and then kind of the next four yeah, there is. There's a pretty significant There's gap. There's a pretty significant gap. Um, that, like, that like the youngest kids have a little bit of that mentality you're talking about of, like, oh, well, like, the, the older kids are married and already having babies, so, like, I should be able to just fuck around. Mm -hmm. Like, you, like, I can imagine Vagon just being, like, why do you need me to get married and swing sword good? I have two brothers that are married and swing sword good. Why can't I just read my fucking books? Right, exactly. Yeah, I just want to like leave me alone in my room. Yeah, leave me alone in my room, and that like, and, and they're not wrong. They're like in no, terms of like what, what you need for feudalism, you have it. You have what you need for feudalism. So right, you've got an heir and a spare, and both of them are having kids. Mm hmm. Exactly. It, it, I mean, I mean if you want, you could marry the kids to each other eventually someday. You've got it. You've got it. You've got Rainies and you got a Viserys. Like you've got one of each already, mm -hmm. and they're probably going to have more. Mm hmm. Like, you don't need the four younger kids to, like, do the traditional patriarchy thing. I guess I guess what it is, really, is this is a symptom of the patriarchy brain that both Jaehaerys and Alysanne have individually. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, this is, like... And this is, like, a very classic kind of patriarchy brain, particularly for women, where it's like, um, well, I did these steps, and this worked for me, so it'll mm -hmm. work for you. I have this conversation with my mom all the time, because my, my mom was a, a woman who wanted to get married and have children. She uh -huh. also wanted to go to college and get a master's degree, which she did. And, and she had simultaneously got married and had children. 
And it worked out really well for her. Mm-hmm. Like everything like turned out great. And so she thinks the solution, I mean, this it's great. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, she's like an NPC that when you click on her, there's like only certain phrases she repeats. <laughs> um, one of her phrases is, well, if you just put on a little lipstick, thus and such will happen. Mm-hmm. Like she, she thinks that like, if you like, like, you know, conform to these expectations for women under patriarchy, that things will therefore work out. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just, I mean, it worked out for you. And that's great. It's like Catelyn Stark. It's like, it worked out for Catelyn Stark. And that's great. But that is not universally applicable. Yeah. And I think Alisanne's looking at this and she's like, well, I married my brother. So, and it worked out. Look, look, I'm the fucking queen. This is awesome. And Jaharis is like, yeah, this is great. Well, why don't you just do what we did? This -hmm. is the formula. This is what works. And it's just, it's very myopic. I wonder if Alisanne has a bit more of a, willingness to let the kids would be slightly more willing to let the kids do what they want maybe i think um, she does i think that comes up more later as these as these yeah. four age because i'm also but i'm also thinking about Miguel, and mm-hmm. like alisan seems like the one who was suggesting that Miguel go to the faith well so what alisan says also is like a George R. Martin just like ripped this from reality because people this apparently because that was a thing people used to say from what I was been taught, um, is that like you would you would have like a whole cluster of children like this and you would give one or two to the church. Yeah. Like your yeah. son would go become a priest or something, your daughter would go uh-huh. become a nun. So but that's when you had like a dozen children, so you had like extra kids. Right. Um so and that's what Alisan says. So I don't know if it's but so I, much I, that like like she was necessary. I, I, I'm sure she was concerned about Miguel's well-being. I do think part of it was a faith appeasing kind of thing too. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. totally agree. I just think that like, if you're willing to not force one of your children into this like heir-producing model mode mm-hmm. of like, you got to marry off the kids so they can make heirs to continue our dynasty. Mm-hmm. Like, at least I at least want her to be like, Alisanne. You, mm-hmm. you should get this. You you did it with one kid. You you allowed one child to right. not do the expected think, thing of getting married and having babies. Can you please make the connection that you should allow some of your other kids to do the same thing? I think it's 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 almost like so I think the def- the default for Allison is certainly get married and have babies. There mm-hmm. are other acceptable paths. So, like, becoming a septon, a septa is an acceptable path. Becoming an archmason. Like, there's, like, professions. Like, they want all their kids to be professionals, basically. Right. But it and... took them a really long time to accept that Vagon didn't fit the mold. Yeah. It took them over a year mm-hmm. to, like, be like, okay, we've tried literally beating the patriarchy into the, our child's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he still refused. So, like, what? Maybe there's another option, I guess? What are the other choices? I, I do think also that Alison, as she ages, sheds the patriarchy brain more and more. She yeah. never completely sheds it because she can't. But she becomes more and more disillusioned with the system. Mm-hmm. I think specifically because of the experiences she has with her children. Yeah. And having the stillbirths and having the b- babies die. I mean, to have a, a child die just before it turns a year old, that's like... That's, like, life-ruining rough kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think these are all part of things that will get her to a place where she's, like, fundamentally questioning things Jaharis is doing. Right. But when it, right now, when it comes to Vagon, I think J- on him, at least, Jaharis is taking the lead because Jaharis mm-hmm. wants him to be Marshall. Yeah. He wants him... The, the other brothers are, what's the problem with this one? 
Yeah. You know? Right. 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 Or even like, would it, and it's not in the text, but one could posit that he might not want a non-martial son because he might think that it reflects poorly on him as a, yeah. as a king and father to have a little, like, all of my sons must be, I'm thinking of like, like pastor's kid syndrome of like, mm-hmm. Um, my dad was an elder in our, in my church growing up and I have some very good friends who were pastor's kids, but like this assumption within the church, if you're, if your father, which is cause it's going to be a man most of the time is in a mm-hmm. position of leadership, then it's believed that like the children are a reflection of his parenting and leadership. So if you have children mm-hmm. who are rebellious or who don't conform to what that community expects of them, then it means that, that like he's a, not just maybe a bad father, but also like a bad spiritual leader. Oh, interesting. Um, I think that happens a lot. I think parents get blamed for the behavior of their children a lot. Sometimes it's their fault. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it's not. Right. Sometimes it's just kids. Like, children are allowed to be different than their parents and might not want to have the same constraints that their parents did. Yeah, exactly. So I'm reading this. I wonder if some of that might be happening. That he's like, well, I'm the king. Mm -hmm. So, like, all of my children must be perfect exemplars of what our society says men and women should be. Otherwise, people will think that I'm... Like, maybe just not, not just not maybe a good dad, but also maybe not a good king. If I have a son mm. who, like, is a big nerd or, like, a daughter who, like, I can't control, um, mm. then that means that, like, I'm a bad king. People will yeah. think that I'm a bad king and, like, they won't want me as king. So, like, I I have to impose patriarchy on my children because if they don't conform, it's a reflection of whether or not I should be in charge. Yeah. I also wonder, you brought up before about the amount of attention these younger kids are getting. Mm-hmm. I get the sense that as the children pile up, yep. uh-huh. uh, Jaharis and Allison have less and less of a connection to them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because Miguel gets sent away when she's 10. Yep. That's young mm-hmm. to send your child away permanently. Right. And then Vagon gets sent away when he's 13. Yeah, I think tw- it is. yeah somewhere in there. 12 or 13. Again, that's very young to send your kid away permanently to know that they're going elsewhere and they're not coming home. Right. You know? Right. And these, like, younger kids have more, like, um, like, not logistical is the word I'm thinking of, but, like, a more practical kind of use, yeah. I think, than the older kids. I think they have a, a stronger connection, emotional connection to the older kids, probably because they just spent more time with those older children. Because mm-hmm. they could. Right. Because the, the, there were fewer of them. You know, and this is another. I'm glad you brought up how young it is to send them away because it, it immediately makes me think of Reina, and another mm-hmm. one of those like, "Hey, Jaharis and Alisan, your family tried this really recently, and it didn't go very well. Remember what mm-hmm. happened when like Reina sent her kids away to to literally protect them from being to murdered? protect them from death, yeah, to protect mm-hmm. them from death, and then like." didn't have a strong connection with her kids and that caused some problems and like mm-hmm. at the very least she seems to have deeply regretted it and mm-hmm. like you know maybe sending your kids away when they're really young is a bad idea like it's a, like i think of it as being s- it's similar to when Jaharis is like my mom had a baby of 46 why can't you have a baby it's like because right. your mom died because it didn't work out Jaharis. i learned it from didn't the past work out. and this is another one of those where they're like we can just send our kids away it's fine i'm like did it turn out really well for your sister when she did that? No. And you can't tell me they can't find places in court for these kids. Right. Why? Okay, Vagon's really into fucking books and shit. Have him sit in on your small councils. Groom him to right. be part of the small council. 
maybe is he really into laws? Maybe he could become the the yeah. sub. Make a fucking new role for him. Right, right. Uh, you're the king. <laughs> Miguel is really smart. She's bright. She's exceptionally bright. Mm-hmm. How about she hang out with Florence Fossaway? Learn yeah. to become an accountant. There's like there's so many things they could do, mm-hmm. but they're so limited by. They're so limited by the pen. This is why the patriarchy is bad for everyone. They're so limited in their thought process by the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Right. Love it, George. Fucking give it to me, George. <laughs> Luke is the best. So yeah, the, the the three older quote unquote problem children. Yeah. Which is yeah, I I'm I'm so deeply fascinated by these four, and mm-hmm. like how they fit into the family dynamic. What we've been talking about, like. How much they represent that, like, all of these children should have been... I feel like these four especially represent that the constraints, like, resistance against constraints. That, like, some part Mm -hmm. of them is, whether or not they're conscious of it, narratively, Mm -hmm. they are representative of the idea that, like, they, more than anyone, should not be constrained. Because... They're, I mean, they're Targaryen, like, the way that right. any Targaryen prince and princess has a dragon and should kind of be able to do whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. But even more so, the these four. The, the fact that the patriarchy still constrains them. Yes. You know, the fact, like, that's how powerful it is. Yes, it's so powerful like, that even, like, the younger siblings of the ruling family that shouldn't have to do anything in particular because their older siblings are taking care of the dynasty mm-hmm. are still deeply constrained yep um and when they try and break out are are just rigorously punished by society and their family and their their Mm -hmm. dad in particular yeah to harris is not happy with with these four kids well because they're just problems he didn't do anything wrong um we've talked a bit about the older kids as well but we're just talking about this um Yep. You have a note here that Balon became becomes a knight by felling a bunch of trees. Is that I what just happens? think this is funny. Um, okay, That's, so where is, is it? Um, it's the joust. Um, so page two ninety seven. Um, when he traveled to the reach to Old Oak, where Lord Oakhart was celebrating the birth of a son with seven days of jousting, um, he called himself the Silver Fool. He overthrew. Here is the list of lords: Lord Rowan, mm-hmm. Sir Alan mm-hmm. Ashford. Both mm-hmm. Fossaway twins. The Fossaways are apple trees. Uh-huh. Lord Oakheart's own <laughs> heir. And Sir Rickard Redwine, which is, we all know, is associated with grapes. Mm-hmm. And plants. Oh, that's cute. So he's just, like, chopping down a bunch of trees. That's really funny. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I love that. <laughs> I don't know if it, like, it, I don't, like, it could mean something greater symbolically. I would have to do a lot of work to tie it in. But I just, like, I just think it's funny whenever Martin does that. He will sometimes create lists of names and in, in stuff like this that are all tied mm-hmm. together. If you, like, look at them and you're like, oh, it's a bunch of trees. Or, like, oh, those huh. are all, like, land formations. Or, like, oh, mm-hmm. those are all, like, you know, associated with springtime or something. That he will often, like, cluster, like, lists of names like mm-hmm. that if he can. I like that. I had I had not noticed that. So, yeah, I'm gonna keep an trees. eye out for that now. Bunch of trees. Um, we talked about Alyssa being not like other girls and being sex positive. Good for her. Um, but this this is what I wanted to talk about. What we talked about last episode is like this this mm-hmm. particular section, especially when she gets married and starts being able to like. 
fuck regularly that it mm-hmm. feels like it feels loud to me okay um especially like the 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 like one liner she has about like riding a dragon is the second sweetest thing the first sweetest yeah. thing is not something that she can say in the company of women and I'm like like you you're a woman you are a woman she, Alyssa she also she also definitely was telling her girlfriends about how she was fucking there's no way that she wasn't right so the, I mean that's just I think that's like a maester bias thing like oh that w- ladies don't talk about like yes they do yes they do <laughs> yes yeah. they do just like men talk about it ladies talk about it yeah so like. Yeah, I actually prefer that, that, like, the maester is imposing this idea of, like, well, Alyssa can't talk about sex with other women because mm-hmm. women don't talk about sex. Because otherwise, I'm like, otherwise you have to read this, that she's being, that she is also being patriarchal in the way that she thinks about other women. Is like, wi- yeah, I, I mean, can't she- talk about sex in front of women. And I'm like, you're a woman, which means that you're accepting yeah. yourself from the idea of being a woman. Mm-hmm. And still being kind of like, and being kind of shitty about other women. I mean, that's also possible. It's also possible as a classism aspect to it that like mm-hmm. she can, you know, like they they can't know this thing. But uh, based on how loud she is, like where like we have like direct quotes from her talking about fucking her brother, my my guess is that this is more like she told men around her that she didn't talk to ladies about it, right? But really, the ladies talked about it, right? Yeah. So yeah. that that would make. I mean, she's going to have some level of patriarchy brain being in this society, but I don't think she has that that much patriarchy brain. Okay. I prefer I prefer that. I prefer that. And in an adaptation, I think it would be fun for her to be like, all right, ladies, here's how sex can be good. Yes. Have you tried doing this? She's just do- she's got a little clinic. Alyssa's Alyssa's sex positivity clinic where she hangs out with all the other lordly women and is like, have you tried being on top? Have you tried topping him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Have you ever touched your own vagina? May I make a suggestion? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let I me. Like, I, I got like my 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 brother Vagon left this really interesting book behind. Let me show you something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just pass around that porn. Yeah. I do love that she took Viserys up for a check. Okay, I have a very strange, very specific he- headcanon about how her taking her baby up. Okay, tell uh, me. In the dragon. Okay. So, we all have heard of postpartum depression. Uh, after a woman gives birth, after a person gives birth, mm-hmm. there's sometimes they, they experience like a, like a depression immediately postpartum. Postpartum mm-hmm. depression, right? There is a rare condition that is the opposite. And it is called oh. postpartum euphoria. Uh, where same hormone imbalance situation, but the opposite. You get like superhuman. And my my mother experienced that with both my brother and me. So when I was three days old, I was in a Toys R Us because my mom brought me there to buy a present for like a birthday party they're going to that day. So like I went to like a birthday party on like my fourth day of life. Wow. Because my mom was like had postpartum euphoria and was like hyped for like months after birth. And I kind of wonder if Alyssa had that happen. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. It's like a, like a very weird specific thing. But like they're like, oh, she took him up on a dragon. And I'm like, you know, maybe that was a situation. Cool. Wait, and doesn't it say that everyone's like, please don't. And she's like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. They're like, please don't. And she's like, fuck you. I'm going on this fucking dragon. It's like, yeah, that sounds like the kind of energy you get when your hormones are wildly imbalanced. Yeah. Against all <laughs> advice. Yep. His mother's. Clapped the boy in swaddling clothes strapped into her chest and took him aloft on Maylie's when he was nine days old. Yep. Yeah. That, I, I can yeah. see that for her. 
Yeah, weird random headcanon. <laughs> I like it. I'm into it. Uh, do we want to talk about Luca Moore the Lusty? Let's talk about Luca Moore Strong. Luca Moore. He had lots of kids. Yeah. Um, let me just talk about Jaharis in this because we kind of were alluding to this last episode. I said to put a pin in Jaharis's kind of religious response to Daenerys's death. Yeah. Um, Jaharis also has like a very strong reaction to this, mm. and. I think at this point in time, Jaharis is like, he's a man who has a wife he seems to really like Mm -hmm. uh, or love. So he's loyal in his relationship, as he promised. He's a man who seems to want to follow through on promises. He does his best to to do the things he says. Right. And um, takes his own vows and his own promises very seriously. So he's upset, obviously, when this happens. Those, and he he has a lot of kids. Um. Mm -hmm within the confines of his marriage. There's like a lot of legitimate children. These are things he seems to value in and of himself that correlate or coalesce or, or match with things that the faith values. Ah. So I do think as he's getting older, he is getting more religious because it it matches with his pre-existing um, ideas about the world and also matches with his own behavior. Like he's already doing these things. He's already not out there having like he, as far as we know, he doesn't have, like, mistresses or whatever. And it's like, is it possible the maester's leaving that out? It's possible. But I just, given the amount of children Allison's having, we know that he's having sex with her on a regular basis. And there's just nothing to indicate that he is philandering in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know about other kings that do. Mm-hmm. So I do think he's getting more religious. And then on top of that, we have the fact that he does seem to be kind of prudish. Yeah. Where, like... Like, in the past, when Alisand's, like, brought up sex in small councils and stuff like that, like, he gets really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I think for him, the idea that, like, his Kingsguard is having, like, all of these bastard children, but, but as they label them, but all of these kids and all of these marriages and multiple wives and stuff like that is, like, especially offensive yeah. because of, like, a combination of, like, his own his own kingship up to this point and his own behavior with his own wife Mm -hmm. and also him sort of leaning into the faith of the seven as that matches with his own characterization. I really like this. And I think that you could draw, yeah, if I were adapting this, you could create a psychology, like this can be psychologically coherent because Mm -hmm. of how important it was for him and Alisand to adhere to the tenets of the faith in order to justify the incest. Right. To mm-hmm. be like, no, no, no. Like, on the one hand, Targs, we can do incest because we're closer to gods than men. But also, there's a kind of like, the closest thing I can come up with is, is there's a kind of respectability politics involved mm-hmm. of like, yeah. well, if we're going to do the incest, even though even though we all know that we're allowed to do it and other people don't, but... Mm-hmm. But maybe you could you could posit that the way that Jaharis internalized the tension there was to mm-hmm. say, okay, but like Alisan and I have to do like the most straight, heteronormative, loyal marriage ever. Mm-hmm. You know? In the way that you see, you know, historically we can see we can, you know, for example, to draw a parallel of like the way that like in the fight for queer rights one of the mm. things that has developed is this like queer people we're just like straight people we we also just want to have 
a partner and kids, and, you know, like we also want just like a normal, quote unquote, normal nuclear family and get mm-hmm. really uncomfortable with kind of like the kinky queers are like, no, mm-hmm. queer people, we're supposed to be just like straight people. But like my partner is a woman instead of a man. Mm-hmm. How I dare only you make one, us look bad? I only have one difference, so therefore you can accept it because I'm mostly like you. Yes. Yeah, that like I feel yeah. like you could like if someone wanted to, you could put this into Jaharis's psychology. That like part of what mm-hmm. Jaharis is doing is the like, well, the only thing that makes me different is that it the, my wife is my sister. But like otherwise, like I am a paragon of like mm-hmm. you know faithful fatherhood. You know, like I only fuck my wife. And we have lots of babies. We're very, very, very normal. It's just that it's my my sister. But like everything mm-hmm. else is super normal about us. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. And I think this, if we keep this in mind in the coming sections, mm-hmm. um, it, I, I think particularly with the way he reacts to some of the things his daughters do, I think this like sort of prudishness and also closeness to the faith and, and mm-hmm. closeness to the ideas of the concepts of how sex should happen per the faith's uh, dogma yeah i think all of that really ingrains itself in him um i do also think practically speaking they've lost a bunch of kids at this point right they've had a couple babies die and then daenerys Uh um it's very normal for people to turn to turn more to religion and lean into religion Mm -hmm. when they've had tragedy right they've had a, a lot of tragedy at this point right so i could see and like we have a there's a, se- a sentence in the previous section where alisanne is, is sad about daenerys and one of the septas tells her like she's she's with the mother above now like she'll take care of her, her better than anyone could mm-hmm. you know that kind of comfort of saying like it's okay she's not she's not she's not here but she's not gone she's elsewhere and then she's happy or whatever mm-hmm. um so there does seem to be some indication that they are finding comfort in the the faith of the seven mm-hmm. and i think one of the ways that he he and alisan split is that he leans more into that and she leans less into it yeah over okay. time yep yeah yeah this I is c- one of those times and i could see some of that being political as well on top of these layers that we're talking mm-hmm. about that there's like a um i mean we've talked about this before that like one of the lessons learned from from makeor is you don't want to piss off the faith mm-hmm. yep and like i could very well see for jaharis that like part of how you like keep you know, we don't want to cause tension with the faith. So, like, let's let's be really rigorous in, def- in like, promoting the sexual values of the faith. Because mm-hmm. what, what got us in trouble before were our different sexual preferences with the faith. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we don't want to go anywhere near pissing the faith off We don't want to go anywhere near sex. multiple wives. Yep, no multiple I wives. I mean, this, this is a multiple wives situation, right? Oh, we don't want to go near multiple wives. We mm-hmm. we barely got through that with Aegon and his sisters. Ooh. Yep, yep, yeah. no multiple wives. We'll downplay the incest by making our marriage mm-hmm. and relationship very heteronormative. Um, we don't want people having sex outside of marriage because the faith doesn't like that. And, like, as soon mm-hmm. as we allow that, then they might get mad at us. Like, that some of this has got to also be placating but i do think that you're right that i think it's it's moving from like it's becoming internalized like he's internalizing the like what could be just a political argument like he's internalizing that as like a value system right so it's not just about placating the faith anymore like he believes it now like he's starting to believe the idea that like sex has to look a certain way and if it doesn't then Mm oh like it's bad yeah exactly 
and I, I want to keep tabs on this because I do think it, it affects things going forward. Right. right. And um, like this is Luke more strong is also a really good example because like he had 16 kids with three women and Jaharis is like, Whoa! and like, meanwhile, his wife has had 11 babies. Right. <laughs> but that was in a marriage. Right. That's, but that's it, was in a, it, it was in a singular marriage between the two of them. So like no one bats between an eye. Between a loving brother and sister <laughs> who love each other. <laughs> <laughs> no one is batting an eye about how many kids Alessandra is having. Meanwhile, like I can imagine Luca more strong being like, "What? Sixteen kids? You have eleven? Like, right? Well, what's I was the problem? Thinking, what do you think about the line? Because it says that Jaharis may have like spared him or whatever. Um, but then he Luca more strong says like, "Please spare me for the sake of my wife and kids." Uh huh. And like that somehow sets Jaharis over the edge. Because the text says it, like, throws his crime in his face. And I'm like, he's asking for mercy so that, like, his, the innocent people here don't suffer. Like, why, how is that, yeah. like, the thing that sets you off? I, I didn't understand that. I wonder if it is about what you were saying. That, like, um, that, like, by... This is a situation where someone had multiple par- multiple wives and multiple children, mm-hmm. and that Jaharis can't be seen being lenient to someone who is having mm-hmm. multiple wives. Otherwise, like, the faith might, like, react like, oh, oh, yeah, you Targaryens are fine with multiple wives. Well, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, if he, had, gotta... if he hadn't said it out loud, it like oh i see what you're saying that like by saying it out loud and kind of making it a matter of record if you want to put it that way that like now it's Mm -hmm. on the record that like he's asking for mercy not he's not asking for mercy because he has multiple wives and kids but like that jaharis might be afraid that someone will read it that way that someone will be like oh he asked for mercy like please you targaryen you your family lineage you have multiple wives and kids you should be nice to me because i have multiple wives and kids Mm. Yeah. And I like Jaharis didn't want to be seen as like didn't want any possibility that that anyone could interpret that as the reason why. And like mm-hmm. I don't think that that's what Luke Moore Strong is doing. That he's literally just saying like I've got there are innocent people here. Right. And like please don't be too harsh on me because it will impact them. But like Right. Jaharis doesn't want to be seen being lenient in a way that could be seen as well just because it's multiple wives. And Targs yeah. are fine with I that mean, shit. The punishment for him, I kind of get, right? Because what they strip him of his white cloak, they geld him and send him to the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. the geld, I'm, not, I'm not in favor of gelding. I don't think yeah. you should be doing that. But sending to the wall, make, I mean, that, right. that's appropriate. Yeah, you broke you know your that. vows. Like, right. regardless of why he broke his vows, you send him to the wall. Like, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Now, the punishments for the families. <laughs> you and I were talking a little bit be- uh, before the podcast about this. So why don't you talk about your... This is where I, I'm kind of skeptical of Alessand's decision because, like, Mm -hmm. there's this really great point where, like, Jaharis is, um, talking about punishing Lucamore. And then it says Alessand spoke up, like, I love that during the actual trial, if we want to call it a trial, Alessand is Mm -hmm. like, you didn't just break your vows for the Kingsguard. But you dishonored your marriage vows. And I was like, good for you, Alison. Yep. She's acknowledging yep. that, like, and she even says, like, 
Um, the children are bastards, one and all, because none of the you didn't marry any of these women lawfully, so these are all bastards, which is like a made up concept, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says they are the true innocents. Like she's acknowledging that, like the children, at the very least, the children are innocent, because she does mm-hmm. go on to say, like, well, the women would have known that you're a member of the King's Guard, so like they are also kind of complicit. In this. It's like, yeah, fair. <laughs> like, sure, fair. But, like, also under patriarchy, how much could a woman say no? Um, it's, like, I tricky. Guess, uh, I it's feel like it's it, definitely tricky. I feel like I I would be a lot more sympathetic to Luca more strong if the story was, and it could be adapted this way, even with multiple wives, if the story was that he was, like, genuinely in love with these women. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I, I find the story of, like, someone who someone who can't get married because of like, whatever reason like just like falling madly in love with someone and like mm-hmm. forsaking their vows or I, I i like that kind of dynamic it's a little harder of a sell with multiple wives but polyamorous people exist right so he, but could, he also like but, kept you know. them all hidden from each other like they didn't know yeah. that makes it feel a little bit sketchier it makes it feel a little bit like he just wanted to fuck you know yeah. it yeah, does he... kind of feel that way mm-hmm. So I, I tend to think maybe he just wanted to fuck her. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, so the part where I break, where I don't fully understand Alisanne's decisions is what she does with the family. So mm-hmm. Jaehaerys sends, sends Lucamore to the wall after gelding him. And then he says, Jaehaerys left it to his queen to deal with the three families. Um, she says the boys can go to the wall. Why? Why? Why did the sons have to go to the wall? They did nothing wrong. Like, she literally, like, this is where I don't understand it. Because she literally just says, the kids are innocent. And then basically punishes them. I guess my overarching question before we get into the details of what happens to the children is, he was a knight of the king's guard. Uh-huh. How was he supporting these three families? I he don't know what his salary is. <laughs> he doesn't have income. He, he doesn't have income. As, he doesn't have land. Right. He doesn't have castles. So... I wonder why she even bothered to put them anywhere because, like, wherever these women were living with their kids was obviously sufficient because they would have had to be, like, there was a, somebody was getting money from somewhere. Right. And it wasn't from him. Right. Because he didn't have any. Yeah. And the decisions that get made are basically to break down this family line. Ultimately, what it amounts to, Mm -hmm. the decisions that that both Jaehaerys and Alisan make amounts to destroying this particular lineage because he sent well, to the wall in gelded um the right. sons are also sent to the wall which means that they should also oldest, not be fucking the oldest sons are from but but some of his kids are younger it's a, well it says that sulukamore sons might join their father at the wall it says the two oldest boys chose to do so mm-hmm. um one of the girls joined the faith which mm-hmm. can't have kids um yeah the, it says the other children were to remain with their mothers um the young ones but then they are all sent off to, like, three different places throughout Westeros. Um, some are mm-hmm. sent to Hall, Some are sent to uh, Driftmark. The others go to Storm's End to be fostered. And they are given bastard names. So this is tantamount to destroying this family lineage because none of the surviving children are allowed to carry their father's name unless they, like, they're not allowed to. Like, the, the family name is basically right. destroyed. Well, but but the Strongs currently hold Harrenhal, so one of the families is sent to foster at Harrenhal with his brother, who oh, who is running Harrenhal right now. Yeah, but it says so that's how the Strong family line continues, but not through these kids. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it kids. says that they would all bear the bastard names of rivers, waters, and storm. 
Right. So, like, right. what what Jaharis and Alessand do is not just punish Lucamore by, like, saying, basically, you can't have any more kids, you gotta go to the wall, is, mm-hmm. like, they destroy his entire lineage. None of his children are allowed to bear his name. I mean, were any of the kids using it? Because he's not supposed... If they were to be like, I'm Jimmy Strong, they'd be like, who's your fucking dad? I don't know. You know? We don't know. But, like, like, regardless, that's what they do. And that, to yeah. me, is, like really harsh mm-hmm. like it's really harsh to basically say like you didn't keep your vows and we're gonna basically destroy your entire lineage your name yeah. will be erased mm-hmm. like and you'll never get to see your kids or your wives again mm-hmm. you know right and i mean my my thing too is like these families were uprooted like they they were living in king's landing they mm-hmm. have homes they have pla- they have communities like why you don't have to send them away just let them go back. Right. <laughs> Just let them go back to their homes. What's right. What the fuck is this? Right. You know? And I feel like this only makes sense if Jaharis and Alan San are overcompensating. Yeah, I agree. It, it feels very overcompensating, yeah. Um, in the way that we have seen other Targaryens overcompensate, <laughs> that, like, this <laughs> is the kind of punishment that only makes sense if they're trying really hard to, like, distance themselves from the entire event. And that the text even kind of hints at that. Because it mm-hmm. says, like, the shame that Lucamore the Lusty visited on the Kingsguard and the crown was not the only difficulty that they faced. That, like, mm-hmm. part of this is about they were shamed by his behavior. And I do think... they were tricked by him, too. Yeah, Right. And I think part of it is maybe what we were talking about earlier of, like, they have to distance themselves from even the appearance that they condone any kind of sexual deviance. Right. And so they can't just, like, punish Lucamore... They have to kind of, like, wipe out this entire incident and say, your entire family line is lost. Look, Faith, we don't agree with this either. We also think that this is yep. bad. Like, I agree. I completely agree. You know what it reminds me of, too? It reminds me of Jaharis' response when Rego Draz was killed. Yeah. Because that was also very showmanshipy. Uh-huh. That was, like, you guys jumped him and killed him, which, like, fucking sucked, and those people needed to be punished. But, like, to hang them from the castle walls disemboweled is, like, that's a visual for a reason, mm-hmm. you know? So I agree. I tend to agree, especially because the text says that they were close with Luca more strong. Yeah. So, like, my thought was, like, what if the rumor mill started with, like, well, he's sleeping around. Is he sleeping with the king and queen? Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's always with them. You know, he's alone with them sometimes. You know, he as a king's guard, he would have situations where he could very well have been alone with Alison. Mm-hmm. or Jahar and Jaharis, you know like so i think part of it like you're saying is like the the showmanship the over the overcompensating aspect i think is also to distance themselves from any rumors of being involved i mean alisan did have that kid with dirty blonde hair and mismatched eyes that's not very targ of her or even if they were just complicit like uh, like yeah. g- getting around the the rumors of like what if they what if they knew yeah and they just didn't, they just didn't care yeah you know? uh-huh. and then and then once it was brought to the king's attention by the king's guard, he had to pretend to care, yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. it was like now it open, now now out, you know. I don't know. Yeah, that like maybe they did know, or one could tell the story that like they knew before this, and then once it comes out, they're like, oh shit, we can't, we've got to make it really clear that we're not okay with this, and like mm-hmm. we, 
we already knew and we're fine with it, but now that everyone else knows, we have to make a big show of how much we disapprove of the multiple mm. wives and the do- and the not keeping your vows thing. Especially if it's the kind of thing where, like, say, like, Jaharis finds out about it in some fashion, and he tells Luca more, like, look, keep it on the fucking down low, bro. Right. Like, I'm, like, I didn't see nothing. I, I didn't find no fucking snitch. Like, I, like, I don't, like, I don't care, but, like, you know, don't, don't make this a thing because, mm-hmm. because if you make this a thing, I'm, I'm not going to have a choice. Right. And then, you know, maybe Luke Moore goes and gets two more wives. <laughs> and Jaharis is like, I told you not to make it a thing. Right. Right. Yeah. One wife is one thing, but you got three. You got three yeah. wives and 16 kids. Because I think it could be really like, like I said, like I love the romance st- story that could happen. Like if it was one. Right. And... He like if Jaharis discovered him and he's like he's like I just I you know I'm just in love with her like she's the love of my life I I never thought this would happen to me I you know I took my vows years ago mm-hmm. and I I I just can't help it like we're meant to be some some such bullshit Jaharis could be sympathetic to that because he has Alisan right and he he could be you know like understanding mm-hmm. and then kind of the trickery could be the fact that Luca Moore was lying yep. <laughs> right. And he just wanted to fuck. Right. Right. They also have to, like, I think that fitting into this is that when Alison does her whole spiel about, like, you dishonored your marriage vows, also mm-hmm. has to say, um, like, so, you know, your wives must have known that you were a member of the Kingsguard. To, the ext- to that extent, they share your guilt, as does whatever drunken septon you found to marry you. Mm-hmm. Like, that they also have to, like, make a show of being, like, that septon sure did not do what septon should yep. do what a naughty nope. naughty septon we also take the vows of the faith very seriously and yep. that septon should be ashamed of himself whatever one or multiple ones you found to marry you probably also would have known that he was a member of the king's guard and they clearly you know said fucking yolo whatever yeah yeah that this all, yes that this all feels like a big show that like they have yeah. to make a show of punishing this for right. for appearances yeah um yeah i completely agree okay um i do really like the the reference to that hollow night that's one of those lines that i just think mm. is really good um and i think fits in with you know it's an idea that martin comes back to the like this fits into that idea of like what is a true night that yes. like the opposite of a true night is a hollow night and a night that is like empty of all value that like yeah. it looks like a night but on the inside is not actually so it's hollow um it also feels like a like a robert strong reference yeah yeah uh-huh oh and this is a strong look more strong Luka more strong robert strong yeah oh. you got a hollow night do you fucking get it <laughs> do you get it <laughs> <laughs> um all right what else we got um uh heir to the throne rainy's targaryen that's what we got yeah, many hailed her as next in line for the Iron Throne after her father. Yes, exactly. Uh, but, exactly. Uh, ha ha. J- said, "Ah ha, that's so nice, sweetie." <laughs> uh huh. No, I just I like that it says many hailed many. her as next in line to the Iron Throne. This is mm-hmm. not just Alisan. This there are people. Yep. There are like lords. Well, we of know Westeros. that there. We know there are people because we know the dance is going to happen. 
Right. And there's a, there's like a full on like civil war about it. So like it's not just like oh silly idea that a woman could rule. Like no, there's like a lot of people who are like yeah she's the firstborn. Right. That's that's the rule. Right. She she is the firstborn child of the heir to the Iron Throne. She's clearly the next in line. Especially given the laws that Alisande gets Jaehaerys to pass mm-hmm. regarding inheritance and and women not being disinherited and stuff like that. Like. Yep. Come on, guys. Yep. Come on, guys. It's just another one of those where you realize that, like, just how thoroughly the maester is trying to whitewash history. That, like, no mm. one believed that women should be in charge because they're women. And then you read this and you're like, I mean, some people thought that women should be in charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I, I do think whenever he talks about this kind of stuff, he's trying to prep us for the dance. Right. So I think that's like he's, and it's, you know, this is especially trying to prep us for the dance because this is going to lead into the council. Right. Yeah. Because... Rainey's is the queen who never was. Right. Um, oh, my girl. And the, her first, um, but her first name that she went by was our queen-to-be. And then she became the queen who yep. never was. Uh, Alisanne calls Alisanne. her the queen-to-be. And I'm just kind of like, oh, oh, Alisanne. If only. If, if only. Uh, she would have been such a good queen. God. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, we have also, Alisanne. <laughs> yeah, we've talked oh. a lot about how Alisanne should not, should stop having babies. No more. Well, so the only thing I want to talk about in this part is that th- there is a level of con- magical contraception available in Westeros. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly Alisanne knew about that. Yep. I, I guess like, my question is, why wouldn't she start using it? Yeah. And I, I kind of liked your comparison of Jaehaerys to a Quiverful, and I wonder if she's in that same camp. Right. Right. Where she's just like, you know, even though it's dangerous for me and this is painful and I hate it, um, if the gods intend for me to have children, I'm not going to, I'm not going to interrupt, you know? Yeah. Or at the very least, you could, you could tell a story where she's, she may not be into it because she did tell him after, after Valerion, she was like, I'm done. I should yeah. just be a grandma now. I should, mm-hmm. I'm more suited to be a grandmother. Like, and that feels like Alisanne trying to assert herself. Trying yeah. to say, like, no, I don't want any more babies. Um, and then he's like, yeah, well, the gods might not be done with us. Yeah. Um, and I, at the very least, one could tell a story where, like, maybe she's, maybe she doesn't believe it as hard as he does, but, like, doesn't want to make a fuss about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She's not, like, a complacent figure. Like, I, like I, I, that's why it's kind of hard for me to reconcile because right. she, she's not like a, I'll just do what my husband says kind of thing, uh-huh. but she does have patriarchy brain uh-huh. and she does understand her role as queen as being someone who produces heirs, mm-hmm. you know? So it might be a combination of like, yeah. and she loves Jaharis. Mm-hmm. So it might be like, you know, well, he wants to keep having kids, right. you know, and, um, uh, maybe a religious aspect to it and like a fulfilling my role as queen kind of thing like for her to start like taking birth control basically would be her actively denying those things yeah and actively saying my husband wants more kids too bad fuck the faith and uh you know okay i'm done doing my primary role as queen now you know yeah i do think that she has bought in somewhat to that she has some level of patriarchy brain about motherhood because yeah. she also, mm-hmm. in this way of like, well, I guess if my husband isn't done, then like, I should still keep doing my job as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, but that's also like, to an extent, that's patriarchy brain. But I think people like, 
couples, like committed couples, do talk about how many children they want. Mm-hmm. And like if one partner wants more kids than the other, if the other one doesn't have strong feelings about it, like right. they'll continue. They'll they'll do it because they love the other person. The other person wants to do yeah. that too. Like that, I've I've known many people where that's been the situation. Yeah, where it's been like you know I didn't really want this, but the next I didn't really want another child, but my wife really wants another one, so we went ahead and had our third kid. You know, uh-huh. like whatever. Right. Um. So that's like a very kind of normal, mm-hmm. mundane sort of conversation for them to have. Right, but I'm like mm-hmm. I'm also thinking about how like it. The text says that she blames herself after Gaiman dies. So Gaiman is yeah. the one who dies after three months, not Valerian, mm-hmm. for whom she was confined to bed for six months. But right. but like after Gaiman dies, um, child number eleven, I believe, um, like she, like and it was a lot. It was a hard labor, and then the baby yeah. dies after three months, and she says that like she blamed herself, yeah, for Gaiman dying. And, like, that tells me that at least some level she has absorbed that much of patriarchy brain that blames women for problems in childbirth. Yeah. That, like... Oh, absolutely. You know? Because it's not her fault. Babies die. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But, like, also, like, after... Like, it, it is interesting to, to think that... To see that, that Alison has moved from blaming external circumstances when she miscarried like when her baby died because i'm thinking about her first child um when Mm agen dies it's like well i didn't get to 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 bathe in the magic pool and that's why my baby died um Mm -hmm. so she externalized that and blamed circumstances Mm -hmm. um and even maybe the people who attacked her and said that's the reason why my baby died is because but like Mm -hmm. by this point you know hmm. 10 11 12 kids later she's like no yeah. my baby died and it's my fault and like that's that's kind of yeah. hard for me to see to be like how did you how did this happen did is what happened with daenerys did you internalize something about what happened with daenerys that like daenerys mm-hmm. died and you feel responsible for her not having survived the shivers that like now when you have another baby die you immediately blame yourself and not like mm-hmm any other circumstance that could have happened that like she and then like i can't remember where but at one point it says like she goes to to dragonstone for her sitting in for another birth that like she's clearly like feels really responsible for like the Mm -hmm. health and well-being of any children that she gives birth to yeah and she recognizes that as she's aging Mm -hmm. it's gonna get more dangerous for herself and the baby especially having seen her mother go through that Mm -hmm. So yeah, she really she really has internalized that a lot. It is kind of sad to see that because it's like, yeah, it's not her fault. No, at all. And we never yeah. see Jaharis on page have any like step in to meaningfully support her in any way, or even to disabuse mm-hmm. her of the notion that it's not her fault. Like maybe if you were, these if things you were happen. adapting it. Yeah, if you were adapting it, would you add that? You think? I don't know because I don't know that he believes it. Hmm like yeah Tor- that's a good question because i do think that in terms of their trajectories i think that she like as she sheds the patriarchy to an extent mm-hmm. i do think he gets more entrenched in it and i i do think he gets more misogynistic as he gets older yeah. and we'll see that more with his daughters mm-hmm. um so i could i could see him like knowing to say the right stuff and like saying the right stuff but not really meaning it right you would need like a really good actor to deliver that, you know what I mean? Like to like to tell her like, oh, like it's not your fault, you know, the gods, whatever. But like hearing in his tone 
and in his demeanor that like he does kind of blame her yeah you know mm-hmm. like i could i could definitely see that yeah i could definitely see that too mm-hmm. oh just even in the way that when he says like um you know my mom kept having babies our mo- our mother kept having babies and d- d- when she was 40 and it was fine like seems to imply a sense that it is at some level like her job to keep having kids Mm -hmm. even when it's not healthy you know even when it's reaching the point where it might not be healthy is like the way that he justifies well you should keep having them because my our mom did Mm-hmm. and like he's not like and like you and i pointed out at the very beginning of this episode it's like right and your mom died right she died in that process she remember died the death remember it was really traumatic literally doing this literally yeah. doing having babies in her 40s like she died yeah but i think it would not surprise me or one could tell a story story in which for jaharis the point is that the baby's alive that like his, yeah. like his mom succeeded because she gave birth to a living child and whether or not she died she's still like when he's thinking it worked out he's thinking and another baby was born not right and they both survived the process right so i could and that's a symptom of the patriarchy yes that the the, the and that's like how his brain is getting more and more mm-hmm. mushed by the patriarchy and alisan's because alisan is experiencing the oppression from that yeah is getting less and less. She's getting disillusioned about it. Right. And he's just on. like, you should just keep having babies till you die. That's mm-hmm. your job. Yeah. That's what our mom did. So, like, that's what you should do. That's what a queen does is just pops out babies till she dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I could imagine as Alisan being like, <laughs> is that what I should do? The last two well, pregnancies have, have, like, done significant damage to me. Maybe I should be mm-hmm. done. Well, I mean, this starts to get into our last point of analysis here, which is that Jaharis, maybe not the best dude. <laughs> maybe not a great dad or husband. <laughs> maybe not a great dad or husband. You know, maybe some of the things that happen in this section are indicative of the fact that he has very genuine flaws, mm-hmm. like telling his wife, keep having babies until you die. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And the way he handles Vagon. Yep. You know, the, the way he basically doesn't handle Vagon. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like Vagon will straighten out eventually. It'll be fine. Right, and all, and, and also, my oldest child, I give you permission to bully, bully your younger sibling until he conforms. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Giving, I gave him, I gave my eleven-year-old son a pornography book. It'll be great. Yep, totally normal, <laughs> very normal. Yeah. Um, um, he doesn't really protect Dayella. De- yeah. Uh, right. He could have stepped all. in. He could have stepped in. He could have said something. Like there are things that he could do as a parent that are like. Hey, Vagon, don't be a shit to your sister. Like, d- d- knock it mm-hmm. off, kid. Like, and he doesn't. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I don't, He's not involved I'm in, like, the younger years of these four children. Yep. Nope. Really at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he keeps, you know, he has this whole thing with Alisan where she's like, I think I'm done having kids. And he's like, the fuck you are. Yep. And, like, totally doesn't listen to her at all. Right. There's that whole paragraph foreshadowing that, like, he basically Alisan almost renounces her marriage and goes to live mm-hmm. with the Silent Sisters because of the children. Mm-hmm. Like, meaning, I mean, you and I both have read this, so we know what happens. But even if you don't know what happens, if you haven't read that far, like, it pretty it is heavily implying that like there are going to be parenting disagreements. 
that mm. like Allison and Jaharis are going to disagree about how to be parents to these four mm. kids, which is Vagon, Dale, Sarah, and Vasera. Like they're they're disagreeing mm. about how to parent these four children. And that it gets so bad that Alisan almost renounces her marriage. Mm -hmm. That's really bad. That's, like, really significant that she's like, I am almost done. Like, mm -hmm. I am, like, this close to I, divorcing you. Right. I, I'm almost done with you mm -hmm. and with queenship. Like, this yep. is, like, so like such bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to get more bullshit before it gets less bullshit. Yeah. That, like, um, we haven't really seen Alison and Vasera, like, and um, Jaharis doing a whole lot in running the country in this section. Mm -hmm. Like, the last thing we saw was Jaharis', Jaharis building project with the yes. roads. Yeah. But it feels like this section is, like, Jaharis might be pretty good at running the kingdom and, like, building shit. But, like, he's mm. not very good as a parent. Like, he is not a good parent at all. If he's involved in his kid's life, it's literally punishing mm -hmm. for them for not conforming to, like, heteronormative patriarchy, feudalist patriarchy. Yeah, we, and we have good dads in A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm -hmm. You have, like, um, Brienne's father. Mm -hmm. You know, whoever Jonquil Dark's father is, probably. Mm -hmm. Same same vibe. Mm -hmm. Um Ned Stark of what we see of him is like really trying to be a good dad. Like he like talks to his kids. Mm -hmm. You know, he talks to Arya. And like he the the advice he gives is patriarchy, but like that's his brain. Right. Um but he's trying to give like the like he's trying to comfort his kids and make sure they're safe and everything like that. Like we we have examples of we have examples of bad dads. Viserys so. is a pretty good dad. Like yeah, all Viserys, Viserys is wants a great to dad. do is be a dad. He just wants he to just, be a dad. Yeah. Yeah, and he wants his daughter to get her birthright, which is fucking... I love him. Ah. Viserys Viserys. So, yeah. I don't know. So, I think this is going to be, like, our biggest criticism of Jaharis, probably. Yeah. Is how he is with his wife and children, particularly later in his life. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Which will come up in more in later we sections. We are starting to see signs that he is not a very good dad. Whoopsie doodle. Right. Which is, um, which is another reason why he should just stop having kids. If you can't da -da. parent your existing children, maybe don't da -da. have more. <laughs> da -da. What an idea, Gretchen. <laughs> like, I'm not telling you to I'm... not fuck your wife. Feel free to fuck your wife. Just fuck your wife in a way that doesn't have kids. Fucking pull out, dude. Yeah. Like, come on. Or to, like, drink or, like, moon tea. Moon or... tea. Get a vasectomy. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Vase vasectomy sounds like a Targaryen name. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the fifteenth child of vasectomy. But it's spelled all weird. It's like V Y S A E. <laughs> it's K T O M E Y or something. <laughs> I hate how accurate that is, though. The lesser known, the lesser known vasectomy Targaryen. Uh, <laughs> I'm honestly surprised George didn't make that joke because he made the fucking anus joke. Yeah, he did. We have anus. Why not? Why not vasectomy? Wow. Uh, anyway, who gets shafted? Oh, Luca Moore's wives and kids, 100. percent Yep. Um, um, and Targaryen women. <laughs> just how much emphasis in this section is being put on? 
the women having babies. Like, yeah. What does Jocelyn like to do when? I said no one ever. What did she do for the four years that she before she had a baby? What 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 are Jocelyn's interests? The only thing I know about her is that she's very tall and has black hair. Her hair is black as sin. I don't know. Black as, what does she, she like is... to do? And it, I mean, it's a good thing that Eamon is tall because Jocelyn is very tall. Um, yeah, you can't he had have three a inches tall on wife her. if you're a short man. No. You know, and like, what is Alisanne doing when she's bedridden? I doubt she's just laying there on her pillows. Like, I imagine her sitting there, like, writing laws and shit. But, like, no one cares. She's, she's, uh, she's binging the Great British Baking Show. That's what she's doing. <laughs> Great Manderly Baking Show. <laughs> this week's challenge is cannibalism. <laughs> Pies with a secret ingredient. Ah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. That nothing. They they do nothing but have babies, right? That's what women do. Yeah, women just have babies because it's literally like the only thing they say women do in this section is just have a bunch of babies. And I'm like, yeah. Mm. I like what you highlighted here. Ties to a song of ice and fire. Dark lady and pale prince are like like Jocelyn and Eamon are like Lyanna and Rhaegar. Yeah, that that is a nice um, that that's like a nice pairing. I like like the visual mm-hmm. significance of that. Yeah. Uh, there must be more. Of those dark lady, around. A dark lady and a pale prince. Yeah. Well, there's lots of dark ladies. They're usually evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to make a joke here that Rhaegar just had a thing for dark ladies because cause his Martell wife is yeah. going to be a dark lady. Not yeah. just dark of hair. She's probably got dark skin. Darker mm-hmm. skin. Maybe not black. But what was it? Darker. Uh, Ellie? Ellie? Right? Ellie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, right. R.I.P. Rhaegar just got a thing. Uh, Talk about getting shafted by the narrative. Fucking Elia Martell. Um, <laughs> sure thing. So, yeah, I don't know if it means anything else. I just re- I just read Dark Lady and her pale prince and was like, oh, that kind of sounds like something I know. It's just an interesting visual. I don't know that yeah. it means anything. Um, is it an ice and fire kind of thing? Probably not. Maybe. Yeah, but like it would, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because dark would be more like shadows, not fire. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that more. Mm-hmm. But I, I like I like that visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes the visual is just... Sometimes the dark lady and a pale prince are just dark lady and pale prince. Yep. Um, so we have a lot of themes. We've talked about a lot of these. Um, normalization of incest and the disempowerment of women. Yeah. That's kind of the whole book. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, here, this is the first time where we get it explicitly normalized within the family like mm. with Jaharis telling Vagon like one day Daella's going to be your Alisanne like we're seeing that mm-hmm. like the parents are explicitly like basically grooming their children oh they absolutely are this is like grooming 101 yeah they're gr- like they're grooming their kids to normalize incest like mm-hmm. and like it's explicit with Vagon and Daella but you have to imagine something like that has hap- happened with Balon and Alyssa of like Mm-hmm. You two sure do like hanging out together. Sure mm-hmm. are having a lot of fun hanging out. Do you maybe want to get married when you're older? This is like when adults in real life, like when two children of opposite sexes interact and they're like, oh, you have a little girlfriend? Yes. It's like, no, he's four. Yeah. Leave him alone. I hate that kind of stuff. Or like when they put clothes on kids that say like lady killer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or like, like, you know, 
all the girls love me or like you know all the little girls have like heartbreaker and it's like she's five yeah yeah that's it that's a child or like i've seen onesies that's a child you see like what there's onesies with it that are like lady killer i'm like that's an infant that's a baby the straight people are not okay straight people are not okay straight people are not okay uh the straight people in this story definitely not okay definitely not okay um and it's another one of those where it's like yeah if you think this is gross which it is it is very Mm -hmm. gross to be grooming your children to believe that they should fuck each other Real gross. Shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think that's gross, maybe you should look at our own cis-heteronormative society that does, like you just said, that does the same thing. Maybe not with siblings, but, mm-hmm. like, when you see two seven-year-olds hanging out together, like, oh, is that your boyfriend? No, they're children. They're just friends. They're right. hanging out. They have no sexual exactly. feelings. Right. Exactly. Ugh. Ah! stop stop sexualizing kids mm-hmm. uh, but please. like the way that like the other thing that i wanted to, to to point out here is that like this is grooming not just sexually but it sets up the female children to look to their brothers as the bearers of power yes because you're saying you daughter are going to marry your husband he's going to be king one day like right. it's setting your mm-hmm. children up to like your daughters especially to like think of their brothers as being the ones who have power and you're just the one who marries them Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. like you're grooming your daughters to think of themselves as not having their own power because they are expected to marry the brother who will be the one who actually has power, mm-hmm. which is such a harmful mindset. Mm-hmm. I, I like I know that's like really underselling it, but it's such a harmful mindset to have, mm-hmm. and and is one of the big, big dangerous things about patriarchy. Right. Yep. Um. Yeah. Because I, I I like to I like to think that if Alyssa hadn't been that like Alyssa might have turned out differently if she hadn't been told her whole life that she was supposed to marry her older brother oh yeah i mean this goes back to the question i've asked before is like jaharis and alisan seem to be like a consensual couple but like alisan was groomed from childhood to believe that she was going to marry jaharis uh-huh right so like how willing is that like and it's a really interesting question i think it's the right question to ask i don't have an answer for it but like how Mm. how consensual is something that you've been always been told is going to happen right Right. You know. Right. Um, And part of that is both marriage and then also if you've been told your whole life that you don't have power on your own, mm-hmm. how how reflective of it, of, like, women being content, you know, when they say, like, oh, but, like, this female character, like, she seems so content to let her husband be in charge. Alisan seems content to like mm-hmm. be the neck that turns the head and i'm like right but mm-hmm. how much of that is because she was told her whole life that that's what she should be right exactly it's so interesting i i love that so Alyssa is a really interesting example because mm-hmm. she seems she i mean she is very like quote unquote not like other girls uh-huh. uh for the society at least and yeah that's a great question if she wasn't told her whole life that she would be with Balon, mm-hmm. would she have you know yeah i don't know might she have aspired to more or different or like something different uh-huh. yeah you know i don't know right i think i think queen reina was a really good example of that yeah. too because i think i think reina if given the choice would have chosen not to marry her brother mm-hmm. and not to have children yes uh she was just uh, she was very young when she was married to him and there wasn't a lot of like 
nobody asked what she thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. No one was like, is that your girlfriend and not just your best friend that you hang out with? And do you Mm -hmm. actually prefer women? That was her first best. Her what was it? Her first best friend. Her first best friend. Yeah. Yeah. First best friends. Uh Um, Uh, You have a question here. Yeah. Okay. About Martin trying to make these siblings different. Yeah. So this is like just a question of craft or like a Mm -hmm. like a storytelling thing of like he's trying so hard to make all of these children so very from different from each other Mm -hmm. like and that i mean i get it when you have a character have like 13 kids you gotta Mm -hmm. make us remember them somehow unless you don't mind that we forget them Mm -hmm. but my question is is like does this feel like at least okay so i'll just say my opinion and see it and see if you agree this is one of the first times where I start to feel like I can see the strings a little bit of like, mm. you're trying a little too hard to make these kids so very different from each other. And I don't know, like on the one hand, I know that happens. I know it happens mm-hmm. that like you can have 13 kids and they're all just like very different from each other. But also mm-hmm. how realistic is it that like none of these kids are like that they're all it's all it's so easy to remember which ones they are because it's like oh yes vagon the the nerd who doesn't want to fuck Dayella, she's the mm-hmm. shy and anxious one like it feels very much like he's trying to be like i must give them all very distinct character traits so that you remember who they are i agree with you i i think that that i what you would say you could see the strings i i think that's a good way to say it mm-hmm. because it's not like unrealistic to the point where it's like page breaking in any way right. but it does seem Almost a little forced, yeah. I guess, mm-hmm. and I do think there's there's like explanations for why some of the things happen and why some of the kids are the way they are, and some of it is just like that's their personality, and but that's their personality is George R. R. Martin choosing what their personality is, right, right, right. And the so fact that it's, it's not in a vacuum, they're not so real, visible from a, such a young age, that like you, they, they, yeah. like the way that he writes. Especially, like, I'm thinking of the four youngest, the four, like, the four younger kids, um, mm-hmm. is, like, oh, yeah, you can immediately tell that they're very different. And I'm, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, sometimes that happens, but, like, my brother, I'm thinking of, like, my brother has three kids. And, like, when they were all about two years old, they had a mm-hmm. lot of things in common. Yeah. You know? Like. Two-year-olds kind of. A lot of two-year-olds. <laughs> like. Like, the description of, of Sarah as being like, oh, yeah, she the first word she learned was no, and she asserted it loudly and defiantly. And I'm like, a lot of kids do that. You are yeah, literally telling do. me that only one of Jaharis's and Alisan's kids mm-hmm. was, like, a terrible toddler? Mm-hmm. I don't believe you. Most toddlers are mm-hmm. terrible because that's what being a toddler is. Your brain, right, they have no ability to control themselves. Yeah, you're, yeah. like at, when you're two years old, your brain and body are going through a bunch of changes, and you as a human being aren't really a human being yet, so you don't know how to process it, and so you like throw mm-hmm. tantrums and you act out and like you yell and like that's a normal for a two year old. But Martin mm-hmm. is telling me that only one of their thirteen kids was like that, mm-hmm. and it feels like it's because he needs to make them a distinct personality. And I'm like, a lot of times you can't tell this clearly that your children have such vastly different personalities when they're like three years old the only other way i could honeypot it is to say it's a feature not a bug and that it's the 
Maester's point of view bias. Right. Knowing yeah. knowing what how the kids turn out. I don't believe that in this circumstance. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think, I agree with you. I think this is like Martin trying to make the distinction so the reader understands. Mm-hmm. But I, I could also see an argument for like, well, this is because, because the maester knows what happens to Sarah. Yeah. Right? So he, he can start talking shit about her now, you know? He knows what happens to Vagon. He knows, like, what, he knows what happens to Dela mm-hmm. and, and Viscera. Like, he, he can do this characterization from the jump and be like oh they always were like this they're definitely no no parents did anything to cause this problem yeah i could see that too uh-huh. i could see that too right yeah no i like that too that like some of this is yeah we know what kind of people they are as adults so we have to so we project that they that that was always visible from the time that they were small children yeah. it's like that's not really how personality works well, I mean, like I like I grew up and became a lawyer, and my parents would be like, "Oh, when you were a little girl, you argued about everything. That like it makes sense you became a lawyer." And I'm like, "But also, little girls argue about shit. Right? Like kid kids argue about shit. Kids will. I mean, kids have opinions about things, and they'll tell you about it. Yeah. So, right. You know, you ever talk to a kid about Minecraft? Oh my god. <laughs> right. Right. Like like. Oh, you Gretchen, you work in publishing. Well, I sure know that you read a lot of books as a kid. I'm like that. I ended up in publishing because it was where I could get a fucking job. Like, right? Yeah, it's like it's not like I was predestined. Like, it's not like you're predestined. I mean, this is the this is that whole fucking the road less traveled thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to look back on their life and and find meaning in things that happened when really it's random happenstance. Right? Yeah. No, I like that. I like the idea that even if this is like even if like the real quote unquote problem is that Martin needs to distinguish these kids from each other from a very you know mm-hmm. like needs the reader to understand these as different people mm-hmm. that's the doyalist the doyalist reasoning is like martin needs us to know that these all that these kids have very different personalities so that we will remember which one's which mm-hmm. um or for some other reason but like yeah on a watsonian level if you just take the text as it is mm-hmm. i like the idea of, of that that like you can read this as the maester wants us to believe that like especially for those four younger kids that like this is in no way a problem with their parents that this is mm-hmm. this is just well you know vagon was always like that and sarah was always like that and Vicera mm-hmm. was always pretty and vain and self-important and mm-hmm. um i think dale is the most important one when we get to dale's mm-hmm. story how he frames that yeah um because that could very easily be read as a, a very bad thing Jaharis did. Uh, but we'll get there. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Jaharis doing bad things. All right, guys. I think we pretty thoroughly analyzed this one. Yep. If you guys want to email us, our email is houseoffireandbloodpodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram is houseoffireandbloodpodcast. I'm going to pull up another another location. Um, before for... you do, next time, just so people sure. know, we are going to be reading to the top of page 315. Um, mm-hmm. that, uh, it's, like, literally, like, there are, like, three lines on that page. So we're going to be ending with, um, never cease to honor the memory of a sweet lady with the broken nose and mismatched eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be ending with that. It's, uh, opposite this, this, uh, very vivid image of dragons burning some ships. Um, so yeah, that's where we are going to be reading through next time. Um. What, what was the page number? 315. Three. Um. And that means that the the section after that, so not this next section, but two times from now, we're going to be talking all about Sarah. (laughs) She's going to get her own podcast. 
We love to see it. Uh, um, so, yeah. So, and in terms of calling out our yeah. listeners, have we have we done Japan yet? I don't know. I don't think we did Japan yet. Uh, in It looks like in um, Tokyo. In our app. Well, is it in Tokyo? Ah, uh, no, it's outside Tokyo. Uh, there, we have some downloads in Japan. Nice. Uh, which is awesome. I've actually been to Japan twice. I just can't quite tell. I don't know this town. I have not. Um, I would love to go someday. It's definitely. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. I definitely want to go back. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I went twice to Japan. I actually, uh, because I'm not like other girls, uh, when when I was turning 16 and like everyone was having sweet 16s, I like hated those things. Uh And so I went to I went to my dad and I was like, hey, dad, idea. Instead of dropping like thousands of dollars on a party I don't want to do. Um, do you want to go to Tokyo? And he was like, yeah. And so we went to Tokyo. <laughs> oh, that's super cool. <laughs> yeah. So, like, instead of, like, because it was, like, people would spend so much money. You have to, like, rent the hall and get the guests and you have to get a dress. It's, like, a whole, you do hair and makeup. Like, you spend, like, many thousands of dollars on these, like, sweet 16s. And I was, like, we could have, like, a really awesome, like, vacation instead. And he was like, absolutely, let's fucking go. It was great. <laughs> I grew up lower middle class. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. You guys didn't do this at all. <laughs> I'm very aware of my privilege. I'm very, very aware of my privilege. I just want to say that. But everyone in my in my school did these huge Sweet 16 parties. Oh. And all year, like all of that junior year or whatever, when everyone was turning 16, I, was, I had one like every fucking weekend and it drove me fucking insane. Because wow. I was like, I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. I hate all of you. <laughs> Please leave me alone. I just want to play World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... Uh, thank you for listening to us in Japan. I hope you enjoy our our rambles. Um, and uh, it's time to sign off. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. It should come as no surprise uh, from me. Until next time, remember, um, don't impregnate your 40-year-old wife after two very difficult births where both babies died and she was bedridden for months. For fuck's sake, don't impregnate your wife. Just stop. Just get off her. Just get just, off. Just, get off just somewhere get off. else. Get off of her and get <laughs> off somewhere else. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so in, until next time, remember, like, if you're trying to break your vows of chastity and, like, be sympathetic about it, maybe just one. Maybe just one wife. Mm, mm-hmm. Maybe just one secret wife. Yeah. Because then you can argue it was, like, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime love kind of thing. We're going to have a harder sell on this defense with the multiple wives situation. Mm-hmm. Just just, a, just advice to take into consideration. Yep, yeah. If you, yes. If you've taken a vow of chastity, only one secret wife. Only one secret wife. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. I went to uh, laser tag yesterday for one of my friend's birthdays. It and was I haven't gone to laser tag since I was like 15. So much fun. Oh, oh my yeah. God. It was like, we were there for like an hour and each round was like 60, six minutes.
Uh-huh. Um, and it was like, first was just like shoot and kill as many people as you can, but then it was like capture the flag, king of the hill, like different oh. games within the like setting. It was really, really fun. And the gun had like a scope on it to help you aim. And wow. you could upgrade. Yeah, you could upgrade the gun around. Like you could get like upgrades to it to like have like a machine gun or like grenades or whatever. Oh, that's fancy. They it did was not have so that fun. when I played laser tag. I know. It was so fun. And I was, um, not to brag, but I always got sharpshooter because my accuracy was the highest. Um, that <laughs> well, said video my... games have played off, huh? Yeah. Off. That said, my accuracy was 35%. So it wasn't high. It was just higher than everyone else. <laughs> it, just, it just says a lot about everybody else. My team creamed the other team. The red team dominated. It was mostly me and this, um, my, and my friend's cousin anthony just like destroying everyone it was great it was nice really, really fun uh-huh. i'm i was exhausted afterwards i'm like i'm so tired it was like running and crouching i was like crouching like fucking ellie in the last of us 2 and like crawling and i'm like <laughs> oh my god this is really hard <laughs> and they never sleep i know um the most unrealistic thing about the last of us one is that joel the 50 year old man is fucking crouching it his knees ain't doing that yeah no like, my knees are barely doing that He's, right, he's not, yeah. He's not doing that. That makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. 50 years old in a post-apocalypse and you're telling me that you can, like, crouch walk for, like, an hour? Nope, definitely no, not. No, thanks. Definitely not. Zero percent. No. But, yeah, laser tag, super fun. Strong recommend for your anyone's birthdays. Oh. I'm sure there are places all over the place. Yeah, that's super fun. That, that was, like, a go-to birthday when I was, when I was like, a teenager. I should – that would be fun. Yeah. We, we definitely want to go again. We're all like, when can we do this again? How much did it cost? <laughs> cool. That sounds yeah. fun. 